we all know it's coming and it's not gonna be pretty. It's great to have storable food, but when that runs out, what are you gonna do? Your best defense against the coming apocalypse is to have seeds so you can grow your own food. So I've been looking for various different seeds for the last couple of years. And off the bat, almost all seed companies are the same, as long as they're non-GMO, heirloom, yada, yada. But it's the following years that really concern me. So I bought a whole bunch of seeds last year. And when you get seeds, there's, there's a lot of seeds in a pack, a whole lot. You're probably not gonna use them all if you have a small garden. So you wanna make sure they last again the following year. So the best company I found for these seeds is called Survival Essentials. And when you go on their webpage, it says, your best defense against the coming apocalypse. So go to survival-essentials.com, save 10% with promo code DEFIANT, and get ready because we're gonna need to eat. And I don't know about y'all, but I don't trust the food in the grocery store anymore. I don't trust it unless I can plant the seed with my own hands and watch it grow with my own eyes and know where it's coming from and feed it to my family. So survival-essentials.com, promo code DEFIANT saves you 10%. to the flag of the United States of America. Republic for which it stands, under God indivisible with liberty and justice for all. It's time to resist. 
They can't arrest us all. And they can't keep all your kids home from school. They can't keep every government building closed. We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and feckless bureaucrats. We can simply say no, not again. The only way to stop these mandates is to refuse to comply, refuse to show vaccine passports, refuse to wear a mask, refuse to stay at home. We will not comply with Fauci. We will not comply with Joe Biden. And we will not comply with authoritarian governors. I am not going to comply. This ends now. Christ is my commanding officer. The Holy Bible is my code of conduct. Faith, prayer, and the Word are my weapons of warfare. I have been taught by the Holy Spirit, trained by experience, tried by adversity, and tested by fire. I am a volunteer in this army. I am enlisted for eternity. I will not get out, sell out, be talked out, or pushed out. I am a soldier. I am not a baby. I do not need to be pampered, petted, primed up, pumped up, picked up, or pepped up. Because I am a soldier. No one has to call me, remind me, write me, visit me, entice me, or lure me. Because I am a soldier. No one has to send me flowers, gifts, food, cards, candy, or give me handouts. I do not need to be cuddled, cradled, cared for, or catered to. I am committed. I am a soldier. I cannot be discouraged enough to turn me aside. I cannot lose enough to cause me to quit. I will win. I am more than a conqueror. I will always triumph. I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. Devils cannot defeat me. People cannot disillusion me. Weather cannot weary me. Sickness cannot stop me. Battles cannot beat me. Money cannot buy me. Governments cannot silence me. And hell cannot handle me. I am a soldier. Even death cannot destroy me, for when my commander calls me from this battlefield, he will promote me to captain and then allow me to rule with him. I am a soldier in the army. I am marching. I am claiming victory. I will not give up. I will not turn around. I am a soldier. dream the other night. I didn't understand. A figure walking through the mist with a rifle in his hand. 
His clothes were torn and dirty as he stood there by the bed. He took off his three-cornered hat and speaking low, he said, We fought a revolution to secure your liberty. We wrote the Constitution as a shield from tyranny. For future generations, this legacy we gave to make you the land of the free and home of the brave. The freedoms we secured for you, we thought you'd always keep. But tyrants labor endlessly. While your parents were asleep, now your freedom's gone. Your courage is lost. You're no more than a slave in your land of the free and home of the brave. You buy permits to travel, permits to own a gun, permits to start a business or build a place for one. On land you think you own, you pay your yearly rent. But you don't have a voice in saying how that money's spent. Now your children attend a school that doesn't educate. And your Christian values can't be taught according to the state. You read about your current news in a regulated press and pay more taxes than you owe to that thing called IRS. Your money's no longer made of silver or of gold. You trade your wealth for paper so your life can be controlled. And you pay for crimes that make your nation turn from God in shame. Now you've taken Satan's number and traded in your name. You give your government control to those who could do you harm. So they could padlock churches and steal the family farm. And keep the nation deep in debt while putting men of faith in jail. And then harass your fellow countrymen while your corrupt courts prevail. Your public servants don't uphold the solemn oath they've sworn. And now your daughters visit doctors so their children won't be born. You send guns and artillery to foreign shore, and then you send your youth to slaughter, fighting other people's wars. Could you regain the freedoms for which we fought and died, or have you lost your courage and your faith to stand with pride? Are there no more values for which you fight to save? Or do you wish your children to live in fear and be a slave? And people of this republic, it's time to rise and take a stand. Defend the Constitution, the supreme law of your land. Preserve your great republic and every God-given right. And let us pray to God to keep that torch of freedom burning bright. Repeat. 
myself and ask for space I think I'm planted in the storm But I can't catch the rain Cover up a master pain I think I got a pain Never goes away I suppress these feelings in my chest Then they move up to my neck And decapitate I'm obsessed with time I know I can't get it back So when I catch my hand It's only half the weight I smile on Saturdays The weekends when I strengthen and deactivate And then Monday comes around And I relive the same This cycle is a storm I chase But I can't seem to catch the rain Cause I'm having trouble getting used to me Cause I remember how it used to be I meet new people every day And you see usually I don't know if they like me Or they motherfucking using me And that's why I'm just closed off and antisocial In and out of conversations I'm compensating My music's my excuse to say I'm vocal My greatest hits are my worst times compiled I bottled up and shared to the world And that's what made them global And that's the fucked up part Popping prescriptions while giving vivid descriptions To people who clap and listen While you stuck inside a prison Slave to the algorithm And it's all over Life is nothing but a vapor Once you blink, you're older Your heart gets colder They meddle in your mind The system you gave your whole lifetime And blow starts to corrode you You looking over your shoulder Thinking how you supposed to get through this life While being sober You lose composure Get to drinking for the closure Then you right back in the cycle Where those motherfuckers want you say The pain never goes away I suppress these feelings in my chest Then they move up to my neck And decapitate I'm obsessed with time I know I can't Welcome back, Freedom Gardeners. Another episode of Freedom Gardens. Look who's here. Hey, guys. I'm, I'm Daylin. This, this is Heather. my hetero-life oh, partner. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Only. Look, he only got a better headset. Week. I got a better headset, but I can't hear shit. You can't hear anything? It all sounds muffled. Ah, there I am. There you go. Not that I really need to hear myself talk, but I couldn't hear you. Yeah, that 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 doesn't help. <clears> so <throat> he likes to play with these volumes, I think. So, um when he's playing his game, he doesn't hear it through the other headset. Right. Anyway. And he has ADHD, so he probably completely anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I know I do. <sighs> so how's everyone do- how's everyone doing? I was on this morning. I did the good book this morning. Yeah, you, fun. Seem, you seem like you were done early today. Yeah, I, I only did 30 minutes, 30, like 40 minutes or whatever. After oh, I remember when that show was supposed to only be 30, 30 minutes. minutes and then it was and an hour, it's an hour, an hour and a half. Yeah, an hour generally. And then, you know, but on the weekends, I was like, well, why not? Because it's the best part of my day. So I get that. I like it. Mm-hmm. So that's good. As long as you like why it. Why not and it do it on the your, weekends? And it makes your day. It gets my day started. There you go. Like that's, that's like the kickoff to my morning every morning is, you know, doing the good book. So why not continue it on the weekends? Why not? 
Good stuff. Hey, if it makes you feel good and it doesn't hurt anybody else. It definitely doesn't hurt anyone. Then have fucking at it. Exactly. <laughs> that's. I mean, that's just how I see it. Like, exactly. So. Like if it's a positive thing and it makes you feel good about yourself and it gives you a better vibe for the day. Yeah. Fucking do it. I'm looking for that thing. But it, I haven't figured out what it is. I, I've decided um, we've been talking about 2024 being the year of accountability. Okay. Right. And who's going to be accountable? Exactly. Well, hopefully we're going to start holding fucking the crazy people accountable um and oh, okay yes yeah. so and, because and the you're second, a crazy person right now because no, that's no, no, just no. not gonna happen i know get in the, the second half here. of the interview we're gonna get into um or the second half of the show actually after we go over what's going growing on in the gardens i um i started listening i had to go pick up heather this morning and uh because she doesn't have my car yet but i'm about to give it back to her so i don't fucking pick her ass up again i know that's fine yeah week. It's fine. Um, but uh, I drive a mixed truck anyway, so it doesn't really matter. You guys have. And now Connor like, got his own fucking car. I was like, and car. now that Connor has his own vehicle, like, she don't have to fucking drive. From mm -hmm. Exactly. I was like, listen, I just needed to borrow it. it yeah, me. it's fine. You can borrow it. I don't give a shit. I really I, don't. I know you don't. Yeah, I really don't. Um, so, uh, but anyway, so I was listening to the, started listening to the Tucker interview with Burt Weinstein who um, had been on Joe Rogan a while back. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I was like, holy shit, you know what? I think everyone needs to listen to this interview. So we're going to do that in the second half of the show. Okay. Um, but of course, you know, in the first half here, we're going to go over what's growing in the gardens because there's still stuff growing and what we're going to start planting. And um, I've also, so 2024 may hopefully will be the year of accountability, but I also want to try and make it the year of, Positivity, because I was. Oh, I thought this was the year of organization. <laughs> this, this, I'm, I'm going to need you to goes, pick a year. I can only hand, do one. It goes thing. hand in hand. I can only do it goes one hand thing right in now. hand, right? Okay. Organization will help towards the positivity, but because you set goals. Oh, I know. I had this same goal in 2022, bitch. I'm still not organized. I know, and I'm trying. I, I really do try. I, I think know. I just. I know. I have. Been, it's not that I. It's not that I don't know what I need to do. It's that I have bad time management skills. Exactly. Exactly. So, so I that's where that's downloaded a course. We're going to start with the organization. <laughs> okay. Um, so we're, that's how we're going to, we're going to start with the organization, time management mm -hmm. and time organization. Management is the biggest thing. Yes. And um, finishing projects, finishing what we start. I know. I used to never be guilty of that. I just want I'm you guys so to know. I'm so bad at it. I am the type of, I will not, I can't have multiple knitting projects going. I can't, I can't be reading more than one book at a time. I'm not, I don't care if they're completely different books. I can't do it. I'm not one of those people. And I have to fucking finish it before I do something else. That's how I have been my entire life. Mm -hmm. But after fucking COVID in 2022. Nope. I know. Yeah. It's going to be two years next month. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I don't think I've really, it took me over a month. I didn't finish DJ's blanket for Christmas yeah. until New Year's Eve. Well, okay. <laughs> it took, and I started that in the beginning of I haven't of finished November. the picture wall in the house and I, I started that like two years ago. I have not many pictures left to put up. We're going to finish that this week. That's going to be my first thing, like to finish that I started. Yeah, You want to finish it like today finish no. it or like the end of next week like the end of next week oh okay yeah, yeah. i'm just yeah, yeah. just trying i'm like you've so, got a lot of fucking goals on that fucking i have a board. lot of projects so. <laughs> going on yes so you know what we're actually we're gonna start there so for my my organization um attempts to start <laughs> just right hey, making off the, the bat, list 
Making the list is the first step. Yes, 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 exactly. I have tons of lists. That's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So um, num, num, num. here it is. Okay. You know what? We're going to, we're going to start here. So this is what I did yesterday. Cleaned up in here quite significantly. So you can actually kind of use stuff. Of course, that's the bookshelf. Um, found a bunch of stuff I was looking for. Always. I think uh, we're going to put that arrow garden up in here. Is this your dad's final? Somewhere. Yes. You need to take that into Connor. Yeah. Him and I were talking about music the other day. Oh, yeah. Together. He likes the good stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, yeah. So I'm going to put the arrow garden up in here. Oh, then goodness. I was going through the seeds of what I need to plant over here. And this is that peel and stick uh, dry erase board, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I did them here. So this is my attempted organization, okay? So outdoor planting for January. That's a lot. Did you do that already? No, that's what uh, I'm. Uh, the ones that have dates on it is what have I, what have I actually planted? Okay. Oh, okay. I so I planted that whole day. No, I planted beets on January first in the back herb bed and over there. Okay. Um, in the herb beds and then potatoes mm -hmm. in the mulch boxes. Mm -hmm. Um, so we still have broccoli. Now I do have broccoli going already, but I'm gonna plant broccoli seeds. Um, okay. in the east garden with the cauliflower, the pepper garden, there we'll plant. Cabbage, celery, kale, kohlrabi, um, lettuce beds, onions in the east garden, parsley in the pepper, in the pepper garden. garden, parsnips in the east garden, um, peas all over. Everywhere. All kinds of peas. Uh, some new rosemary, and then snow peas, sugar peas in all the gardens. Same thing with the mm -hmm. Swiss chard. Tomatoes. I gotta start the seedlings now. I mean, I have those over there, but we're gonna start new tomato seedlings as well. Turnips will go in the duck garden and then garlic will go uh, in the duck garden too. And I have some garlic over in the strawberry beds. And then major projects. Before I plant in the pepper garden, I need to chicken wire over the top of it. Yes, we do. Yes, so that's the, that's the next major project. Of course, we're still working on building the fence um, and redoing, I wanna redo the east garden pattern with the, the new Sibonacci sequence. Yeah, oh, well, the, the flower new, of life, the yeah. new sacred geometry sequence, mm -hmm. yeah. Clean the back area, which we, we talked, talked about, about over there. Um, of course, okay. we're always making antennas. Then inside, I need to post all my clothes on Poshmark. Okay. All of them, all of them. Because uh, I have so many. Maybe. And then paint Liam's room. And I want to try and get Liam's room done before his birthday, which is coming up. Or around his birthday. When is it? January 20th. Are you fucking Maybe. Anyway, so this is my attempted organization. Um, dry erase boards. So we're working on it. So that's that's a lot to plant. But those are all very doable yes. things. If you look at the ones that you're planning in, you know, multiple yeah. gardens, you're you're actually, you know, exactly. getting a lot more done than it looks like on the board you know what i mean because you're so, planning it in multiple different places and you'll do all of that in one day and you could probably do that with you know mm -hmm. two three plants so the the priority is to chicken wire the top of the pepper garden because i can't plant it until i can get the chickens out of it because they're but they get so tall do we really want to yeah because they'll pull them? up they'll pull up all of the lettuce and all of the all of that right no, no, off no. The i just meant like the oh, pepper 
trees yeah, yeah, yeah. themselves and oh, so because yeah. they get so big it'll I go through to, the top it will okay yeah yeah absolutely um and it'll still be like 10 feet, feet tall. tall like <laughs> you know 12 feet tall so it's that's not a big deal um the fence is ongoing um redoing the the east garden pattern like i basically have to take everything down out of the east garden um almost everything and uh and redo like i'll leave the the structures that are in there first but i'll i'm going to redo the antennas in the flower of life and then okay. we'll plant around it so that that's going to be the last garden to get planted and that'll probably take like a full week to get that done i mean i would think between digging it up and re yeah exactly aligning the copper and all that good stuff exactly um cleaning the back area will probably be a february thing like after. actually that looks like a great way to work out some aggression this is true this is true and then <laughs> really we're always does. making antennas so my next whiteboard that i'm gonna do is gonna do like uh is gonna have a daily a daily list you know mm -hmm. things to to get done priorities for each day even if it's just like the basic like monday i have to go to my mom's and paint her hallway you mm -hmm. know Time um management. that kind of thing oh so i can set a day to do each thing yeah this is the don't even get me started on the fucking hallway. Anyway. That's why not. Why is it not fucking done yet? You never did go back before. No, the I, I did, but uh, it needs so many freaking coats that I went did back. Did she not get the primer and no? Uh, she uh, paint and primer. she got really good paint. It doesn't matter. It still needs like three fucking coats. It's oh, ridiculous. Okay. So yeah. Um, but as for planting, right? Here's here's what we're planting. So the beets we've already started. And uh, like I said, we have broccoli going already. We'll look at that in a second. Um, but the cabbage will go in the pepper garden, the cauliflower. Uh, so we'll have broccoli, cauliflower, onions, um, parsnips. I can start the parsnips now because they're going to be in a container. Yeah, exactly. And the onions will get started inside as the seedlings. Um, and uh, And the peas will go on the structures already you know okay so the the big uh cattle panels oh, okay yeah. right mm -hmm. so that's that's fine uh and then and the salad beds will get, get planted out in pallets too so we can get that started too yeah those are yeah so i can i can still start planting in the east garden even before we redo redo it most There's, of it there is so, some uh in certain Raised places beds and some yeah uh, things that won't stuff. move mm -hmm. yeah um then in the duck and the east garden is going to be electroculture and plant surge right right everything in there and everything in the pepper garden is going to be electroculture plus plant surge the duck enclosure is going to be plant surge only so we're going to plant some strawberries in there some some herbs the uh garlic turnips now garlic takes like eight to nine months so okay. plant it now let's see what happens <laughs> it'll be ready in you know nine months but the duck enclosure is great because the animals can't get in there at all right you know mm -hmm. um so that'll be plant surge only and then the pepper garden for now that the pepper plants are basically do we have cut a control down. subject hmm? are we going to do a control i have one bed that's just that's no not plant surge not electroculture okay. just well just i was thinking for when we do plant those mm -hmm. i would love I was wondering if maybe and i have a bunch of uh containers that i could actually bring over if mm -hmm. you want even uh just even if we just did another pallet <clears throat> yeah as a 
control. Like this has nothing, no, you know, nothing culture, on it. No, no, no plants, herbs, no, just yeah, just no, nothing at all. And yep. then just plant some of each one of the plants that you're talking about, mm-hmm. planting it. That's and then just doing it that way. This way, if we plant them all at the same time, it's a really we start day yeah. one. And like I told you earlier, I have a ton of pallets to get rid of. Yes, awesome, good because I want to build a, another potato box because I have a, a whole nother bag of potatoes to plant. Perfect. So. All right. So anyway, so that is the, uh, that's my whiteboards. So, um, the pepper garden will go, we'll have like a whole salad thing in the back and, um, cabbage, you know, different cabbage and lettuces. I'm going to do some lettuce heads okay, and not just the leaf lettuce. Okay. Um, and kohlrabi and, uh, then parsley throughout and then peas along the edges, because if we're going to especially do the top. We're going to wrap the whole thing. We're going to plant all the peas now. Mm-hmm. So um, peas all over. So the pepper garden is getting planted first. So do we have any herbs that we can plant just outside or outside mm-hmm. of your thing that are insect repellent that won't affect like the taste or whatever? Um, I of... have lemongrass Okay, that we can plant around the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, lemongrass, rosemary, peppermint, especially. Right. Okay. So yeah, we can, I we can definitely do those idea. around the edges just to help with some insect mm-hmm. control. Yeah. Which the chickens are great for too. Yeah. But they're not Honestly. everywhere. No, that's true. Anyway. They're not everywhere anymore. True that. True that. Mm-hmm. So, which is good and, and bad mm-hmm. in a way, but, um, I do like having them a little more contained. Well, yeah, it's easier. Especially now that they're all laying. So So they don't have a choice. They're not going and laying eggs in somebody else's bush somewhere. Or behind the house or on top of the chicken enclosure. Like they, she was laying it everywhere. Well, I did find a whole, uh, like a dozen eggs again on top of the duck enclosure. So um, I've got to blow all the leaves off of that and Mm -hmm. clean it because it's it's getting. Yeah, because that's where she's nesting. everywhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Anyway, uh, but we did this at the so beginning. In this, the, the entirety of this. Well, mostly. So, up to there anyway. So, Annie can no longer, for now, get out. She's not thrilled about it. Seamus says though, because he's got a yard to run around in now. Yep. Oops. Hi, Shamey. Look at her testing it too. I was just going to say to you, she is not dumb. She is assessing the situation Mm -hmm. just like she did the last time me and Taylor came over and helped you put up some fence. And no, she'll have this figured out by the end of the week. Yeah. I'm I'm going to have to extend the fencing to like you're going to have to like your whole house. Okay. She's this bitch fucking, I don't know how she does it, but she gets through everything. And I, I do hold on my statement earlier today. She has gained some weight. Yes. I mean, everybody's all, I mean, all of the animals at home are like, well, we used winter to fatting it up. They, they kind of are. And honestly, um, you know, we were 
there was like a week and a half where we didn't walk every day because I was just too fucking sick. Well, you were sick. So, and, you know, and they were stuck inside because I hadn't put the fencing up in the yard. So she couldn't even run around there. So mm-hmm. her just, her lazy ass just fucking, well, she ate her way through Christmas. So I mean, most people do. Exactly. <laughs> so, but we'll get her, we'll get her slim back down. Yeah, or, quick, so. you know, maybe, maybe there's some, you know, maybe. You just never know. I mean, maybe he wasn't a complete fucking retard and he figured out just a little bit. You know what I mean? Maybe Annie's pregnant. Maybe. You never know. I mean, I'm telling you, I was here for Christmas Eve and that was the last time I was here. And the first thing I seen when I walked through the door, I was like, damn, bitch, you're getting fat. Like, because she jumped up on me and she does, she's not normally able to move me. She's so heavy. And she's so heavy now. She really and, is. and her back is wider. And I was like, oh. Oh, look at you. But, oh, you know, I again, we'll like out. I said, the the cats at home are fucking I guess we'll packing find on out. winter weight, too, right now. So, um, Oh, do they know about what I'm doing now? No, they don't. I haven't been here. Mm-mm. I got a new job, guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I am now working at the Palmetto Animal League, um, which is a no-kill animal shelter. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you guys, working with animals is so much fucking better than humans. It is so much better. And it's actually really satisfying because I get like the end of the night reports in our work chat. And it's it feels good when you're like, oh, I helped. Oh, I helped that kitten get adopted today or whatever it is. And yeah. it's way, it's, I hate to say this, but it's way more gratifying than working at a group home. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It doesn't break my heart. Yeah. Every day. Absolutely. It's actually lots of fun. Animal therapy is so great. And if I get to do it at work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Adam says, uh, who are your favorite authors for farming, gardening, and or homesteading? So I don't have any particularly favorite authors. There's a couple different books that I use, um, but I've honestly started kind of writing my own. That's one of my projects um, where there's just certain recipes that I use all the time. And so I'm just, I started to write them all down rather than refer back to, you know, what I have saved, um, in my phone, because what if my phone doesn't work? I can't connect to the internet. What if the power goes out? What, whatever, you know, I want to be able to refer back to that. Um, I've been working on a cookbook for years. Yeah. So, so basically that's, that's what I'm, that's what I've been doing. Um, there are certain things that I go to like certain, certain shows or certain, you know, people I follow on Instagram or whatever, uh, and I'll, I will blatantly steal their recipes. I have yeah. no problem doing that Absolutely. or get a lot of different information from them, uh, how to do certain things. But honestly, a lot of it, I just kind of come up with myself, like all my palette boxes with the hinges. Like I did all that myself. They're not the prettiest, but you know what? They freaking work. Even like the potatoes, um, we're doing the mulch method on the potatoes, which is like the hay method. I don't know that anyone else has done it, but I have a ton of pine straw and leaf mulch and compost and chicken shit all over my yard. So why not use that to feed the potatoes instead of going out and buying hay? Um, And I don't see why not. So we're going to try it and see what happens. It's kind of how I do all of it around here is I, I try it and see what happens. It's been happening pretty well so far it's been working so far so i'd rather go out and do something than read about it but one of my failings is i do need to come back and write it down after i've done it so i can share with other people so Mm -hmm. anyway all right also this is all trial and error that's why when it works we definitely need to make sure that it's 
yeah. written down and how we did it. <clears throat> exactly. So, um, however, I will say that my all-time favorite book right now is my 1961 New York Times cookbook. <laughs> I refer to that constantly. Ever since we found it in the... Ever since we found it in there. It, like, it has a... It's, it sits on my kitchen counter, um, right over my time. stove constantly. I refer to that to, for everything. And that, honestly, is probably the best, like, homesteading cookbook that I've ever found. And it was just commonplace knowledge, but, you know... Um, you know, it's like commonplace knowledge in 1961. Yeah, no. Yeah. It was totally commonplace knowledge. Unfortunately, they didn't, but now it's lost. Exactly. So like how to make, they didn't pass it down to basic, basic bread and butter. And like, you know, there's people going on about, Oh my God, when they discovered the no need bread in 19, blah, 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 1995. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? That recipe is in my New York times cookbook from 1961. Like, Okay. I mean, yeah, you, there is no, no need, bread. You still have to need it. I'm sorry. It's just how much you do it. Um, you know, that's yeah. My 1961 cookbook is the best fucking cookbook ever. That is most definitely my go-to on just about everything, but now like making my own laundry detergent, making my own, um, dishwashing soap, like dishwasher detergent. I, I've just been trying out different recipes that I find from various people and, kind of tweaking it to work best for us and then writing that down. Um, so, you know, I, there's besides the, the New York times cookbook, I don't think that there's any one particular book that I will refer to except for actually my mom's friend, um, who's a doctor, a doc, she's got a doctorate and I don't know, even a whole bunch of different things. She's like the smartest woman my mother knows. And my mother is really fucking smart. Yeah, she is. So, um, she did her own, like she wrote out her own canning and homesteading yes, guide. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I would love and to. That, we need to get it. That I have. Um, oh, my mom gave it to me. Yeah. Nice. So I, it's, it's in the, it's actually also in the kitchen. But uh, I want to make a list of things that we want to learn this mm-hmm. year that does or does not have anything to do with the farm. And then I'm going to make, haha, guys, I wasn't even thinking about this until just now listening to you and your fucking mm-hmm. all these ideas that I have. Yeah. Right. I have all of these ideas and I told Taylor all the time. I said, and I say them out loud. I said, and then they're gone because <laughs> I don't write them down or I have this really great idea and I say it. And then again, I don't write it down and then yeah. nobody fucking remembers what I say. Yes. Nobody fucking listens to me. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm going to set monthly goals for the board members for the farm. Okay. Like Sounds certain good. courses are going to need to be done by yeah. the end of this month, end of that month. Yeah. And then and I and have a, attributing it to something. I have a presentation that I have to do because I'm participating in the South Southern Vegetable Gardening Summit. Nice. So I've got to do a presentation on electroculture and get it to them by January 21st. Okay. Well, when you're done with that, I also so want to wanna, um, I wanna put that on the farm's website as mm-hmm. well. And I think you should put it on yeah, our yeah. website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I would like to at least have a link to it. Yep. There'll be a link to it. We'll get an affiliate link, all that good mm-hmm. stuff. Yes. So I expect that's going to be coming up. So that's that's exciting too. Because I think that's how it'll be easier to track and do whatever proceeds percentages or whatever that are going to yeah. go to the farm. Yeah. Because you know. All right. Uh Adam, if you feel like you're supposed to be doing something similar, then do it, darling. Do it. Follow your path. All right. So moving on to the next video.
future plans over here. I actually, I wanna build another potato box. I'm gonna take these pallets here. And I think I'm gonna just build it against the fence there. Yeah, why not? Right, and I'll just use three or whatever, four of them. Are those the good ones? Yeah. Do you want me to bring the other ones? Ooh, if you have other ones, yeah. I have ones. Sweet. Um, and, uh, and I've been doing the mulch method with potatoes, I'll show you. So this needs to get cleared out and we're gonna plant something over here. I just haven't decided what yet, but we're definitely gonna plant something over here. And I need to cut a lot of this back, that's fine. Um, and there's lots of wood that I can harvest back in here. So this general area here is kind of my next major project, right? So what are we doing back here? Well, a lot of this wood can get cut down over here. This just needs to get cleared out with the um, ow, weed eater and various whatever. And then some of this can get, you know, cut down, used for antennas, things like that. But I think I want to do the mushroom garden back here. Why not? If right? I do that, it'll grow up. I have mushrooms. So. I have weird flat white mushrooms keep growing off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this and is going to be, so I'll do some potatoes over there and then um, mushroom garden. So I just got to get big logs basically. Got to find the chainsaw. So that's the next big project in here. So and I, I think what I think I'm going to do, I'm, I know you said you're going to bring pallets. So I'll do a pallets box of pallets over here mm -hmm. so and just right up against the fence and we'll put the same thing we'll put the potatoes in there and then yeah. as we clear this out we'll we can, we'll cover all of the potatoes with, with that and, and do you have and i think i think maybe i saw it and if not i can bring it over mm. i have um it's like a it's like a yard vacuum it looks like a fucking blower but you can make it suck it up and it cuts everything down okay and it's like almost as tall as me, so uh -huh. I don't use it. But well, bring that shit over. But I can bring it over and Hell we can yeah. use it here. And then we can just cut it'll be all cut down into mulch and then we just dump the bag on top. Yes. Super perfect. Easy. Awesome. Um, so with the mushroom garden, like we'll take we'll just get some we'll find some logs somewhere. Mm -hmm. When we cut down the the fence and or the tree in the front mm -hmm. for the fence, mm -hmm. then uh then we'll we'll do that and we'll Put them over here okay. uh, and you drill holes into them and you just put the mushroom spores in and then you cover it with wax and then mm -hmm. the mushroom eats out the log and blooms it's all over it. it nice so and you can you know obviously label which one is which uh and then i think i'm going to take those pallets actually and um this yep. whole line of pallets that i have right here mm -hmm. okay and i'm going to build a freestanding box in here and we'll do um uh, pumpkins and watermelons nice. back in here, mm -hmm. right? Good. So we can do it from there and then and we can do all, all kinds of stuff in there too. So, um, so yeah, so we'll get, this is our next big project is that cleaning up that back area and getting that set up. So that'll be fun. Uh, we'll definitely have to put some electroculture structures oh, back there too. Mm -hmm. So um, and we have some really decent size stakes out there pieces of wood that we oh, have yeah. cut that are definitely yes that can be most most definitely yeah, like two or three of them i think some of them are probably even close to 15 oh yeah feet 20 feet tall so that would be great yeah 
around that area because it's getting past some of the foliage to grab the energy out of the air. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, then. So this is my new potato box. I literally threw a bag of potatoes that was sprouting on the ground and covered it with leaf mulch, which I've kind of dug up or raked up from around here. Of course, it's all back again already. That's okay. We'll keep covering it. As the leaf mulch disintegrates, it feeds the potatoes. As the potatoes grow, we'll put more leaf mulch on top of it. And we should have potatoes in about you know, six months. Winter potatoes. All right. My phone's on do not disturb. I'll drop red pill. All right. Uh, red pill project. I'm sorry to let, uh, let you guys go, but, um, Josh is putting up a January 6th special. So you can, uh, come check us out tomorrow for true spiracy at 2 PM. And, uh, I will see you guys later by red pill project. Bye. Okay. All right then. So my potato box. And I did uh, two of them actually so far. And then we're going to build the third. And then of course I have potatoes growing like regularly, but we'll get to that in a second here. All right, there we go. Good morning, Freedom Gardeners. It is Saturday and it's been raining all night. And these guys are not thrilled about it. At least it's not cold though. Just a little warm and rainy and wet. It's okay though. They'll be good. Hello guys. Goodbye guys. Ducky's out. Jack, you're all wet. Joker, you're good too. Big Red, is that you screaming? Morning, Big Red. Beakers, Frizzle, Opal. What you doing in there, Sue? Coming? Come on then, Susie. Come on, Susie Q. There you go. All right. Oh, and see the little one? See your head sticking out from under there? Uh-huh. Under the pallet there. Yep. She doesn't come out much anymore. She comes out at night and she she roosts with them, but she basically stays in the enclosure. The, the little... Aww. Yeah. Our little silky mama. Well, she's tired of getting... I can take her home. No. She's tired of getting... Molested. Yes. All she's the time. Tiny. She is tiny. She's so tiny. She is tiny. Okay. Oh, we love the chickens so. though. All right. From here, we got the strawberries that have dug in nicely. And look, there's even some blooming. And uh, in January, no shit. Uh, of course, this is the box without, with no electroculture and no plant surge. Okay. Okay. So this is like the test box. Um, then in this one, we have electroculture, 
And again, strawberries, more strawberries blooming. There's some garlic. The mm -hmm. Yeah, the leaves are much bigger. There's some garlic coming up in there. And I, understand, I planted the same thing on both sides, right? Mm -hmm. Over here, though, I've got the beets coming up. Well, they're not over there. Okay. I've got some garlic coming up in here. I think the squirrel's got the garlic over there, though. So, and then the strawberries came down here. I still have some sweet potatoes growing in here in these pots, but those turned into strawberry pots and they're growing up the sides as well. I'm gonna plant a tomato in there. Then over here, potato. And these potatoes are all coming up. I gotta put more dirt nice. on them. And down in what here too. Healthy. Yeah, this is a nice, it, and it even, it broke and it's still. Still fat. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so those, right yeah, so we gotta put more dirt on them. And there's one popping up down in there too. Then this is actually zucchini, I think, randomly. Mm -hmm. um, that coffee tree survived, the other ones didn't. The tomatoes are still actually trying. trying. Um, I'm gonna repot them. Connor, gonna work. I, uh, I picked the lemons off of here. I'm gonna plant them over by the other lemon trees and I think I'm gonna plant the grapefruits over there too. So I'm basically gonna do a lemon and grapefruit grow in the chicken area. Funny. When you when I look at these leaves, yeah. just tropically looking, mm -hmm. they remind me of Venus flytrap leaves. Yeah, it's Cuban oregano. Oh, that's that stuff that we brought back yeah. from Florida. Yep, yep, but exactly. That's what they remind me of. Them. Yeah, that's what it is. That coffee tree didn't really make it. I got to cut all the way back. But um, strawberries have seeded themselves down in there. So, so I have a little work to do on these containers, repotting some of the tomatoes and. Um, but it's all surprisingly healthy. So for January, I got to cut back that Thai basil too, but it's, uh, the containers are doing well. They love the electroculture. I swear it makes the soil stay warmer. So you don't get that. I mean, it never dries out. That's for sure. Yeah, that's true. Considering we've had that freeze, like, and I haven't watered back there and I don't even know how long it rains randomly, but Oh, that's about it. I feel like it's been raining over by us closely. Yeah. Anyway, next. Are we having crowing contests or what? <laughs> Hello, babies. <laughs> next. Jack, you're up. Sparkles. <laughs> Big red. Yep. Your turn. Come on, Sarge. Give me a good crow. Frizzles over here. I know. Ah, big red. I know. Frizzle 
Maybe. That's this one right here. Anyway. Maybe it was also because he looked extra poofy. Yes, because of the rain. Yeah, he looked extra poofy. We were having crowing wars. They're hysterical. Honestly, we just, we love the chickens. They're so much fun. <sighs> anyway, moving on to the East Garden. So this garden right now is essentially fallow. I'm gonna let the chickens in sometime this week. I mean, there's like a piece of garlic in there that's growing. And they've already done a pretty good job turning this, but we'll let them in here this week. And this will be a lot of the peas and beans. I mean, there's some good rich dirt in here. Obviously I need to rake it out. Uh, parsnips will go in there. Salad beds there and there. Still got herbs in there. Uh, I had basil in the center part previously. We'll put something in there. There's asparagus roots in there, so we'll leave those alone. And peas and beans on the trellises. So this garden is fallow for right now, but we will turn it into a winter garden probably, well, definitely by the end of the month, but in the next two to three weeks. So, which is the end of the month. Or maybe February. That's ambitious because there's, we have a lot to do. So, but maybe, maybe by the end of the month, we'll see how I it goes. I don't know. It's the sixth. It might as well be over. That's right? how every month feels. No like shit. Like once you get through that first week, it's like, all right, fuck it, this month's over. Yeah. Like that's just because who has time to do anything? I I I don't know how you have time to do these things. I really don't. I was doing so good before when I was on FMLA. I had a thriving greenhouse and garden going on. Organization, time management, time management, and positivity. Right. See here, here's more organization. And with the attempted organization, it's cluttered, but it works. So I put all the boxes, the big, big boxes up there to get them out of the way. And then I have the most used boxes down here. This is actually the uh, chalkboard for farmer's markets. Um, same thing, tent for farmer's markets, chairs for farmer's markets. But our attempted organization, I've got like spice things back there, that kind of thing. Mason jars for laundry detergent. So it's uh, it's an organized mess, but at least it's organized a little bit. So. And that cooking for dummies uh, cookbook, Heather pulled out to. Hey, I'm sure there's some things in there that I could learn, mm -hmm. but I Taylor doesn't know how to cook at all. So there you go. We'll try it. I got Liam a, a now, kid's cookbook for DJ Christmas. DJ says that he wants to learn how to cook, but he wants to learn the old-fashioned, original way. Yeah. I don't even know how to do that shit. So I'm like, I DJ, you got to there's a culinary school right there in Bluffton. You can go to Vanessa's, you can, whatever. Yeah. I said, but I don't know how to do that. Not yet. We're getting there. We're getting there. Of course, I need to learn to not throw hot oil on my neck. And look like I yeah. got fucking attacked by a bear. I told you like, when I finally got to see the whole thing, I was like, oh, it sure does look like you got attacked by the knobby. Yeah, like, no shit. <laughs> like that big avatar. <sighs> or Falcor. 
something. Seamus. No, just kidding. Seamus would never do that. Although he does like to. We didn't call you. He does like to smack me in the face. So anyway. Is it nap time? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or is it stare at the chicken's time? Stare at the chicken's time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, Annie just came in here like gangbusters. She went right over onto the bed to I'm look out the window with the chickens. Go She's good grab like that. my soda. Go and for then it. I'll come back. Okay. Oh, open here. My broccoli was still going strong. That cauliflower was insane. You see how big this is? Hmm? There was still snowmen out here. Yeah, I know. We're going to throw them out because the lights didn't work. And then over here, uh huh. I've got my little herb buckets, so dill, parsley, still going strong in here. Of course, this dill is just craziness. I'm gonna cut that back and dry it. And the aloe, which I've been using on my face. The yarrow, which is still going strong. And the lovage. Again, still going strong. These strawberries I'm going to replant over in the duck garden and let them go sometime this week. So. <sighs> the roosters are so damn loud. They were letting me know that Heather was here, which I knew because I brought her. Yeah, so. Yeah. They're like, there's a stranger in the yard. Oh, that, I'm not a stranger. They, well, normally they I pull up in my car and yeah. they know who I am. Yes. They do. Yeah, they hey, do. listen, the outside cats at work mm -hmm. know my truck when I pull up now, too. That's hysterical. They they come running at 7 o'clock in the morning towards my truck, like, bitch, feed me. That's how, you know, when I worked at the Hilton Head Hotel. Oh, yeah. That's you how had it was. a million of them. Oh, my God. They would all follow me. They would wait for me at the end. They knew mm -hmm. time I was coming in, and they'd wait for me at the end of the sidewalk. And they would all follow me up, and they'd snuggle with me, and they'd, like, rub in, against my legs and stuff because they knew that I was going to come feed them because that's what well, I did. Yeah. So I'd show up with a 20-pound bag of freaking cat food. Yeah. yeah why not? You know, anyway. So the duck enclosure as well, the duck garden. This will uh, put garlic, strawberries, peas, and turnips in here. So that'll be going in here. This will be plant surge. Probably no electroculture in here. I'll take that one antenna out. So this will be just plant surge garden. We'll see how that does. Yeah, and salad grains in there too. So, and then those lemon trees are gonna go over here, the lemon and the grapefruits. So probably in February we'll plant those, we'll leave them in the pots for now, but we'll put some more lemon trees. We've got the one there, the other there. That's a pecan tree right there and a willow up over there. But we'll plant the lemon trees out through here. So uh, we'll have four lemon trees and two grapefruit trees in this area. Little citrus grove here. 
I think I'm gonna plant the orange trees in the front, the front front. In so the, the center, the center in front of the house. Yeah, because yeah. they have we to can be. Do so much with that. Yes, yes. That's the that's another that thing that we need to clear out. Brings like so much curb appeal. Mm -hmm. Especially if you can see it's like the citrus trees, and I want to get the um, I want to get a couple of those fruit cocktail trees from uh, fastgrowingtrees.com. Mm. I want to try those. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, actually, I think we just did that one. Let's see. Oh, there we go. Okay. Since everything is cut back in here, it's a little easier to see how we've built the Fibonacci sequence. So this is actually, this right here is the first in the sequence, right? And then it spirals around there. I'm sorry, that one over there is the first. And then it spirals through here. And... So, got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, there, and then eight back there and the ninth one over there and they're all connected with copper wire on the top here right see they're all connected there and then they're all actually connected on the bottom as well with the copper that i gridded out so that's you see the fibonacci spiral there which makes everything grow so huge Especially in the center. Wait till we get these beans going. When I plant the bean seeds and mm -hmm. I keep the chickens out of it in the center of that Fibonacci sequence there, mm -hmm. we have green beans twice the size of our hands in 40 days. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not pole beans. They're regular green beans. Right. In 40 days. So um, we're going to be doing that here soon. Ooh. We'll start with peas over there, I think. But gonna, we'll be doing that soon. pickle some of those beans. Oh yeah, they're so good. I love pickled green beans. Oh my god, they're so good. They go really well uh, with pickled asparagus and bloody marys. See, I don't do the bloody marys. I don't. Oh, like that's bloody right. Marys. That Never was me have. and Mick. Yes. The yes, Mick likes bloody marys. Uh, here we go. All right. Again, I actually raked out this whole garden the other day, and you can barely tell because all the leaves have fallen down again. But that's okay. I cut back the Tabasco trees right there. And when they grow back, it'll grow like one, two, three, it'll be like five Tabasco trees growing up there. So those are cut back all the way. And then I think the ghost peppers will get cut back tomorrow or the next day. Um, Cause see, they're all starting to turn now. So I can bring them in and they can ripen inside and they can turn in there. So we still have these ghost peppers up here. The habaneros here, I'm waiting on them to turn a little bit more before I cut them back. But some of these guys can get cut back already. The eggplants are still blooming, are still growing. I'm still getting new eggplants growing on here. So I'm gonna leave them and let them grow because they're still growing me fresh eggplants. Okay. Um, same thing with this 
is uh, still habanero, my habanero forest. Poblano over there. I cut back the miniature purple bell pepper and I don't know, whatever that one was. So, but the eggplants are still going strong over here. Beans will go in the center there, peas, peas on the outside. Again, we need to chicken wire the top of this, um, this fence here. I got oregano on that side. I got to plant another herb over there. Um, there is actually some marshmallow root down there that'll grow back. And we'll plant the salad beds through here uh, and in the back there. Of course, the peppers are all cut back for the winter. They're all being wintered over. Uh, even the Carolina Reaper there, but cabbage, broccoli, cauliflower, and salad beds will go through here while the peppers are wintering over. So this whole garden will change soon. There's no reason to let it go fallow for the whole winter when I can use it for a winter garden. And then mm -hmm. as the peppers grow up and, you know, the beans and the peas and all that stuff are done, then I'll switch it over to the spring garden and then we'll do the same thing right. for the summer, right? Mm -hmm. Keep the land working. You can grow all year round unless you have a tremendous amount of snow on the ground, unless your ground freezes. Um, in which case you grow inside or in a greenhouse. Mm -hmm. But um, I mean, honestly, once we put chicken wire over the top of that, we could even turn that into to a greenhouse. greenhouse. We can, I have the plastic. In it. Yeah, you just put that. plastic tarping over it, just clear mm -hmm. plastic tarping over it and essentially turn it into a greenhouse. I could turn it into a hothouse in the winter. So oh, we should definitely get that done. You know, I love the greenhouse. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, well, I mean, for now, we'll we'll leave it Let open. Let me tell but... you guys, when she tells you stuff, I'm learning it too. <laughs> like, she doesn't tell me shit before this before we get to this show. It just comes into like, my head. That's so. why I always have, why I'm always talking during her videos. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Because yeah. I don't fucking know anything. Mm -mm. She doesn't tell me nothing. We're all learning together. Mm -hmm. All right, some more chickens for you. I know. So Ruby, poor Ruby here is molting. Man, these, so these she looks naked. Oh, that's okra. Oh, shut the fuck up. Yeah, that's okra. Why the fuck can't we use okra for this too? It um, looks like it's super woody. Yeah, true. Anyway, poor Ruby here is molting. And opal is molting. But these guys molt really fast. Like, Cocoa Puff was through molt in two months, and she's laying again. Beakers over here either got scalped or she's starting to molt. But I think she's molting because she hasn't laid an egg in a few days for me. Uh, Izzy has come through malt as well. Emmy is still almost there. She's not laying yet again, but she's about come through malt as well. So, but the older girls start molting in their second winter. And the young ones are all laying for me. So I'm still getting nine eggs a day, nine chicken eggs a day, even with all the older girls molting. So. There we go. It's a lot of chicken eggs. We're going to, we're going to make eggnog and we're going to make more egg bites. And, um, that, you know, you put in the freezer and then you just pull them out for breakfast or just... egg bites are so great. Yeah, they really are. They're um, like little mini omelets. Yes, exactly. And I, Fantastic. Just put, I put like two in a Ziploc bag. I just bag yep. them two in a Ziploc bag and I toss them in the freezer and then Taylor can just grab a Ziploc bag or two. And yep. 
Take toss them. them in the microwave. That's it. Alien gets to work. It's perfect. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we have. So I have. Uh, I haven't pulled today's eggs yet because I pull them at the end of the day. But right now I have seven dozen eggs on the counter. Oh, I need. Yes, you definitely need to take <laughs> some. Like, you eggs. so need some eggs because, and they're not quite as big. They're they're. I mean, they're regular sized eggs now. They're not the gigantic ones because they're all from the new girls. Oh, oh they all just those are baby eggs. They're, yeah, like, so they're still they still come up as you know a good size egg. Size egg, um, but they're they won't start laying. But now, eggs like now, coming. now that cocoa puff has come through molt, and I swear it's because of the electroculture. I mean, my girls are coming through molt in two months, which is unheard of. Normally, it's like four to six months. Well, we have they so wait, like now I can forever. I can hardly tell the difference between one of cocoa puffs because she's a an American Easter egger, so her eggs are blue. And a, a, one of the green duck eggs because they're the same size. Mm -hmm. And the big brown eggs from uh, Izzy are bigger than some of my duck eggs now. So well, remember I told you. Oh, no. Because what color are the duck eggs? Are... Duck eggs are green or white. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. Because I remember I told you, I was like, there was a broken. Taylor had brought in a bunch of eggs that time we were watching the house. Yeah. And remember I told you, when you told me, you're like, oh, I accidentally cracked open a baby. Yeah. Well, I had looked on the, I had just put all of them in the little spinny thing on your counter. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Where did these feathers come from? And I started like looking around and I was like, oh, there's a baby in there. So yeah. It is, but I, you're like, no, Heather, not, no, it, no way. There's no way that that was, that's not a chicken. I was like, there was a fucking chicken in there. And you were like, no, they're not that color. They're not that big. Bitch, there was a chicken in there. Well, it was not a duck. And yeah. And they, uh, they grow pretty fast too. So we'll, We'll see. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, let's move on. All right. So last but not least, of course, the back garden here. We still have that Cuban oregano going. Some Thai basil left in this lemongrass. <coughs> the beets are coming up in here. So the beets and that parsley is still growing really, really strong. And salad greens in here. I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's salad greens. Then I'm gonna cut that rosemary back. I did the same thing back here with the potatoes. So I just threw a bunch of potatoes on the ground and I covered them with straw and uh, leaf mulch. So I'm gonna open this. You can see. Potatoes. See that potato under there? Literally, potato on the ground, and it's uh, sprouting up. And there's a bunch of them in here, and it's just covered with leaf mulch and straw. Focus. There we go. So, as we pull more, I'll put more on top of here. Potatoes will grow up. Give us a bunch of potatoes. Because as long as they're covered, as long as the stems are covered, they'll just grow more tubers. Mm -hmm. It's once once you let the stems grow, that's when the potatoes stop. You know, stop growing more potatoes underneath. The the ones you already right. have will get bigger. Mm -hmm. um, but that's why you continually Add. cover them because mm -hmm. 
remember last year when we first planted the potatoes, we, we just that. we didn't do that. <laughs> and we did know. not get nearly as many potatoes as I had anticipated. Although so, you still got a lot of potatoes. I did get a lot of potatoes. It just wasn't a lot of big potatoes. Yes. So now we know better. And now these are winter potatoes. Mm -hmm. And then we'll save some of the these from you know seed potatoes. The difference between the winter potatoes and like planting in the spring, when you plant the potatoes in the spring or the summer, um, you cut them. Right. Right. And, and you, you let, let them, them sit dry out. out. Yeah. You let them dry out for a couple of days. These, you just throw the whole freaking potato on the ground. It's called lazy gardening. I like lazy gardening. Yeah. You just throw the whole potato on the ground I and like you just throw hay on top of it. Like you don't need to cover really? them up and let them rot or anything like that. Cause essentially you're composting on top of your, your potatoes. Like, do you see all those Which tiny little sense. bugs and I'm in sure there? There's a bunch of it's other all compost bugs. Uh, things that we, other things that we can be doing that with. There's other root type vegetables that we could probably do that with. Maybe. I mean, experiment with it anyway. Yeah. Like people know that you can do it with hay people and yeah. potatoes. Like maybe there are other things that we can do that with. Yeah. Why so not? all different kinds of potatoes though. I mean, I've got all, I've got big red ones going. I've got Yukon golds, red potatoes. Um, but this time I'm planting each potato together, like not mixing up the type of potatoes in one. You're just doing one bed. Yeah. That's good. So because different potatoes, as well grow at different times. Right. So if I, you know, I found the last time when I mixed it up that I had some that were ready and some that weren't. And that's why I didn't get as many potatoes as mm -hmm. or as many big ones as I was hoping for. Anyway, moving on. And then over in here, there are still sweet potatoes growing down here and I'm leaving them and letting them grow. That blueberry's gonna come back. That's a blueberry. It'll come back. This needs to get cut back. This is all strawberries. This is all strawberries going all through here. So that will be all strawberries. And then up in here, I've got turnips, beets, maybe salad greens, something. Something I just planted that's growing. And then more strawberries all through here. Look at that. That's all strawberries growing all through there. So, and there's a sweet potato down in there too. But the back garden, not bad. That whole thing is going to end up being strawberries all through there. So I had this random thought wait. pop in my head just now. What's that? Have we heard anything about going to court this month? Nope. Uh, it popped into my head, so you know I had to say something. Yep, haven't gotten a letter, haven't heard anything, have absolutely nothing. no idea. Nothing, nothing. Okay. So I'm good with that. It's okay. All right. Anyway. You want to get hot? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Let's do that. I don't even know what time it is. It's like 3.15. Oh, but we're, gonna, we're about to play a, a hour-long Tucker interview with Brett Weinstein. So, um, before then, let's see. Did you show them the finished blanket? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Hold on. It's right here. I'll show you guys. So this was not a Christmas gift at all. This is actually her yarn that she bought to do arm knitting. And then I took it home and I knit it with my giant knitting needles. So I, I this is what I, I have on my lap at night at the Patriot Party podcast, like every day. So it's just really warm out right now. So, oh no, but it's super comfy. I gave Olivia's 
Olivia hers not last night, the night before. Yeah. The other one that I made. Yeah. And she actually took it with her to the emergency room yesterday when we went. Oh, jeez. She's like, it's cold. It was it was chilly yesterday. Yes. Yes, it was. It most definitely this was. This bipolar weather is just so much fun. It is. It's craziness. So me being unprepared here. Of course, I broke the jar earlier today, which was rough because then I had to pick glass out of uh, this, which is even more rough. So, you know, that's okay. I think I'm actually going to plant some of those seeds in the arrow garden in the, uh, in the pool house. The do you want another arrow garden to do that with? Sure. Because I have so many and none of them are doing anything at this time. Uh, yeah. So I can give you that. Bring them over on Friday and we'll we'll plant two of them out in the mm-hmm. pool house. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. No reason why not. So, because I do want to organize the pool house a little bit more, but I mean, I made very good you progress know, you on did. it. We've worked on that thing so many times. I and know. We've only lived here a couple of years. Um, it's ridiculous. I mean, but I get the struggle. I re- my garage we is have so always much stuff do not let me leave today without those home mats yes Man. yes mm-hmm. they're right outside they're underneath the uh, coolers outside of the pool house door perfect mm-hmm. so i just we have, I have so much stuff seriously so much stuff I do too. and at one hand i'm like i don't really want to get rid of it because i know that so much nasty shit's about to come that i know that i'm going to be able to use it but. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, and I had that thought when I was trying to sell the furniture out of the garage just because I don't have time to refinish it, mm-hmm. need to get it moved. <sighs> and that did not happen. So I just found uses for them since I moved Olivia out into the garage. Mm-hmm. I took the uh, the the entertainment center, the towers that go on either yeah. side of it, put that out. Set that up with her TV, with her 65-inch TV. Yeah. And then I used this armoire that was set up like a closet. And I'm like, well, she needs a closet out here so she can use that. So instead of getting rid of it, I just... Repurposed it. Repur- like, it may not be use repainted, it. but I have uses. She has use. She basically is set up with <coughs> like a little tiny apartment out there. That's pretty sweet, though. Mm-hmm. That is not bad at all. All right. We're going to do our Justin tribute a little early here because I don't want to wait. We can do it again afterwards, but for now. Did you lose something? Yeah, there it is. Couldn't see it on the other side of the freaking. I hate it when that happens. Listen, I'm Happens to me all the time. No shit. I've realized it's. All right. I can't see shit. Pork Mando, you know you like it. Secondhand smoke every time you're here. Absolutely. It's what we do. Oh, I don't care. No, I know. Just kidding. You know, we said it in the chat. So. Oh. Oh, listen. DJ yells at DJ and Taylor yell at me all the time. They're like, why do you just have to blow it at me? I'm like, I just blow it straight ahead. It's not my fault that you're standing there. 
you're in the direction. Like, why do I have to turn my face to accommodate you? You're in my space. <laughs> As you can tell from when you picked me up today, <coughs> I'm a little fucking spicy today. <coughs> it's all good. We like spicy. <coughs> not because I can't smoke weed, because I have to cough. <coughs> Fuck, I'm getting old. Yes. So, I have all these lemons sitting in the kitchen right now, too. Tons of lemons. Ooh, we should make lemon Italian ice. Ooh, do you know how to make lemon Italian ice? Olivia does. Okay. Um, we can make lemon ice cream, too. <coughs> make lemon bars. <coughs> I'm going to make lemon curd. And, yeah. and just uh, lemon uh, lemon zest. You know, just going to zest all the, the lemons. Mm -hmm. um, and just, you know, freeze it. Put it in a little jar or whatever. So yeah, we have work to do on lemons, and I cooked a turkey last night, a 15-pound turkey because why not? Why not? So when right now that, I have. I was like, again, this is why she's my person. Because nobody else looks for an excuse to make Thanksgiving dinner. I love fucking turkey; it's my favorite. And every time I'm like, oh, can I make a turkey for dinner like this weekend? And they're like, now. Yeah, don't ask; just fucking do it. Um, so, uh, right now I have a big pot of turkey stock and I'm cooking the giblets for giblet gravy. And then we're going to make turkey salad. There are certain things that I don't really need to know. <coughs> turkey salad, <coughs> which means I got to make fresh mayonnaise because I made mayonnaise like weeks ago and it mm -hmm. didn't use it. So, bro, so we go through like three jars of mayo a month in my house, at least. So yep. easy to make. <coughs> I start doing that. Yeah, so <laughs> easy to make. <coughs> well, I'm gonna hold off because I can't yeah. breathe. <coughs> and we gotta make eggnog because we have eggs and we like eggnog. Mm -hmm. So and they're not gonna be selling it in the store anymore. What? And you said I said because they're not gonna be selling it in the store anymore. Oh no, either. exactly. And then you said you add some mm -hmm. <coughs> over at mom's. And you said it tasted like tasted like paint thinner because the alcohol in it. I was so pissed. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. See. Apparently, I can't do that now either. See, I don't even. <sighs> Which is so fucking ridiculous. I stopped enjoying the taste of but alcohol a while ago. I understand. Gotta get ready. Fuck you! Can I? Do I have to be sober to do it? I mean, no. You can still get high. <laughs> I'm... And apparently, you can drink wine. Well, those I were... don't drink that much wine though. <laughs> How is he going to tell us that we can't drink wine? Exactly. It's biblical. <laughs> what the fuck do you mean? Literally. So, anyway. All right, y'all. So, uh, <coughs> now, again, every once in a while, we just go off the rails on Freedom Gardens, too, because why the fuck not? And, um, yeah. Depends on the mood. Kind of does. So, I started watching this interview or started listening to this interview with Tucker and uh, Brett Weinstein um, on the way to pick her up. And I was like, oh, fuck, we're, we're going to have to play this today. So uh, tomorrow. Probably because she wants to finish it. 
No, no, I would. Oh, no, I mean, you did finish it? No, 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 I didn't. But I stopped it when before you, I got to because. Because you knew that I wasn't going to stop talking. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes. So I just didn't bother. Yeah, I just turned it, it off. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. So uh, if you guys have seen this, it's episode 60, I believe, with Tucker. Um, but uh, here we go. It's pretty important. Good for normies. Who the fuck are those people? I don't know. You're speaking in grand terms that three years ago I might have laughed at. I'm not laughing at all. You're also choosing, as you know, a 50-year-old man, to say this stuff out loud and to pursue the truth as you find it and then to talk about it. Why did you decide to do that? I literally cannot understand how I would sleep at night, how I would look at myself in the mirror if I didn't say what needed to be said, I call the force that we're up against Goliath. Goliath made a terrible mistake and made it most egregiously during COVID, which is it took all of the competent people, all of the courageous people, and it shoved them out of the institutions where they were hanging on. And it created, in so doing, the dream team created every player you could possibly want on your team to fight some historic battle against a terrible evil. Amazingly, it was four years next month that the first stories appeared in the American news media about a virus spreading through a city in central China, Wuhan. The virus didn't have a name. Over time, it was named COVID, and it changed world history. It wasn't that long ago but we don't talk about it very much anymore in the way that you don't talk about traumatic things that happen to you. But that doesn't mean it's over, and it doesn't mean that huge decisions aren't being made right now that will affect your life and the lives of your children. Those decisions are being made. The story is not over. And so we thought it would be worth taking just a moment to explain what that looks like. And there's no better person to do that than Brett Weinstein. He's an evolutionary biologist. He taught at the college level for many years. He's got a fascinating bio, which you should look up because it's an amazing story. He's now the host with his wife of the Dark Horse podcast and the author of a best-selling and very excellent book uh, that came out not long ago. He joins us now. Brett, great to see you. It is great to see you. So instead of peppering you with all kinds of pointed questions, I'm I want to guide you and sit back mostly as you tell the story of COVID in condensed form. What are the outlines of what we know now and where are we going? What's the next chapter in the story? Well, first, let me just respond to something you said up front. Nobody wants to be thinking about COVID anymore. Right. It was a traumatic and exhausting experience. I don't want to be thinking about COVID anymore either. But what I find is that every time I look away and move on to other topics, things move just out of our sideline. And these things couldn't possibly be more important. So I'm going to try to explain where we are and how we got here and what the implications are in the present that people are largely not noticing. Perfect. All right. So I thought maybe it would be worth starting with just some parts of the education that we all got uh, during COVID. I know that I learned a tremendous amount about not only uh, viruses and pandemics and public health, but also about pharma, which is something, frankly, I thought I knew a lot about. I had uh, run into it earlier in my academic career. So I thought I was something of an expert, but I got uh, schooled over the course of COVID. What I've come to understand is something I call the game of pharma. 
if you think about what pharma is, we, we tend to imagine that it is an industry that is uh, hell-bent on finding drugs that will make us healthier. Yes. That's not what it is. In fact, pharma is healthy when people are sick. And many people have noticed this, that of course it depends on ill health, so it has a perverse incentive. But what I think most of us did not realize is how elaborate its bag of tricks is and what the nature of that bag of tricks is. And to, uh, to describe it, I would say um, pharma is a, an intellectual property racket, or at least that's what it has become, that essentially pharma owns various things. It owns molecules, compounds, it owns technologies. And what it's looking for is um, a disease to which these things plausibly apply. And its profits go up to the extent that the disease is widespread, to the extent that the disease is serious, to the extent that competing drugs are unsafe or ineffective, to the extent that the government will mandate a drug, to the extent that the medical establishment will declare it the standard of care. All of these things. You've just described pandemic response. Well, that I did. And that's where I learned all of these tricks. Um, was that basically every day of the year, pharma is engaged in um, portraying the properties that it owns as more useful than they are, safer than they are, and persuading the medical establishment, the journals, the societies, the hospitals, the government, um, to direct people towards drugs they wouldn't otherwise be taking. So that's um, what the the racket is and and it it is necessary to understand that because you need to realize that before covid ever happened um pharma was expert at figuring out how to portray a disease as more widespread and more serious than it was it was excellent at uh portraying a compound as more efficacious than it is safer than it is and so when covid happened all of this occurred at a different scale COVID was bigger than anything that had ever happened before, but none of it was new to pharma and all of it was new to us in the public trying to understand what we were supposed to do yes. about this uh, ostensibly very serious disease. So I'm now going to put a hypothesis on the table about why things unfolded the way they did. Um, and it involves that game of pharma. What was pharma thinking? Why was it so obsessed with making sure that we all took uh, the so-called vaccines that were on offer? Why was it so obsessed with making sure that we didn't take the alternative repurposed drugs that so many doctors claimed were highly effective? As treatments. Right. Ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, yes. these things were demonized and we were uh, told not to take them and we were mocked if we distrusted that advice. So the question is, what was all that? Why would that have happened? And again, this is, this is not certain, but what I've pieced together is that pharma owned what was potentially the, um, the biggest pharmacological cash cow conceivable. It owned a beautiful technology, and I mean that sincerely, something truly brilliant um, that would potentially not only allow a bright future from the perspective of uh, creating new treatments and new, I hesitate to use the word vaccine because it doesn't really apply, but 
new vaccine-like technologies, but that it, it could do this indefinitely into the future, and it could allow you to reformulate every vaccine currently on the market. And what's more, the property in question would allow this whole process to be streamlined at an incredible level, because effectively all you needed was a sequence, a genetic sequence from a pathogen, and you could literally type it into a machine and produce a vaccine that was already in use, but for the swapping out of the antigen in question. So it was like Legos. Yeah, it's exactly like Legos. And presumably, um, with some justification, to the extent that this technology was safe, pharma would be able to argue, well, we don't really need to go through thorough safety testing of the entire platform each time we deploy it. All we need to do is figure out if the antigen that we've loaded in this time is in some way uh, more dangerous than the last one. The problem, so that the technology in question is the mRNA transfection platform, which was wrongly in this case called a vaccine. And it is ingenious. It solves a really important problem from gene therapy, which is oftentimes you want to get the body to do something. Let's say that you are missing a functional copy of a gene that produces some product like insulin that you need. Well, you could take insulin or it would be great if we could convince your body to produce the product itself like a healthy person does. Very hard to do that, though, because the body is composed in adult humans, 30 trillion cells or so. So how do you get cells to take up the message and produce enough of the product to matter? Well, the mRNA technology allows you to um, induce cells to take up an mRNA message, which they will then automatically transcribe. And um, it does this by encapsulating these messages in lipid nanoparticle. Lipid just means fat. And you may remember from basic chemistry, like attracts like, like dissolves like. And so these fats get taken up by cells um, uh, very regularly for simple chemical reasons. And then the message gets transcribed and voila, you've gotten cells to produce something that they didn't know how to produce in the first place. Useful for uh, vaccine-like technology, useful for curing deficiencies. The problem, however, is that this amazing technology, which it's very hard to estimate how much money pharma might have made from it. I think hundreds of billions of dollars is absolutely certain. Trillions of dollars is not off the table, given that this would allow patentable drugs to be produced indefinitely into the future. Um, but the technology itself has a terrible safety flaw that, in my opinion, never would have gotten through even the most cursory safety tests. Um, and that flaw is that there's no targeting of the lipid nanoparticles. The lipid nanoparticles will be taken up by any cell they encounter. And while that's not perfectly random, it will be haphazard around the body. Now, if they were limited, if they simply stayed in the injection site, as we were told when the uh, vaccine rollout began, that the, the vaccines, the so-called vaccines stay in the injection site, well, then the cells that took up these messages would be in your deltoid. And what happens next wouldn't be terribly serious. The problem is we learned very quickly and should have predicted from the get-go that they weren't going to stay in the delta. All of anything you inject in that space is going to leak out and it's going to circulate around the body. And here's the problem. Now, 
forgive me, this is a little bit technical, I know that, but um, it involves understanding how immunity naturally develops. So when you become sick, let's say with a virus, some uh, particle has gotten into a cell of yours and it has hijacked it and it has started, it has tricked that cell into producing copies of itself, more viruses, which affect or infect adjacent cells. And if the virus is an effective one, they will also figure out how to jump out of you, like when you cough and get inhaled by the next person and infect their cells. The body's response to seeing a cell of yours, which it recognizes as yours, that is producing an antigen, that is to say a protein that it doesn't recognize, is to assume that that cell is virally infected yes. and to destroy it. That is the only correct thing for the body to do when it encounters a cell of yours making foreign protein. Now, this transfection technology, the mRNA vaccine technology, as they called it, does exactly this. It tricks your cells into producing foreign antigens, which the immune system cannot help but recognize as an indicator of infection, and it destroys those cells. If those cells are in the muscle in your arm, not a huge deal. It's not good for you. You get a sore arm. You get a sore arm, presumably we might be able to measure a decrease in your strength, but it's not going to shorten your life. However, if these transfection agents circulate around the body, as we know they do, and get taken up haphazardly, then whatever tissue starts producing these foreign proteins is going to be attacked by your immune system. So you definitely wouldn't want any of this getting near a person's heart or brain. Um, definitely not. And um, it's very bad if it happens in your brain. It's particularly critical if it happens in your heart because your heart, for reasons we can go into if you want, has an incredibly low capacity for repair. In fact, your heart doesn't really repair. What it does, you get a wound, if you lose cells from your heart, uh, your heart then scars over. That will affect your heart rhythm, your capacity to transport oxygen and CO2 around the body. It will um, potentially shorten your life. And it will also create a vulnerability that you won't know that you have. Until you're like playing soccer or something. <laughs> exactly. So if you imagine somebody has received one of these transfection shots and um, especially in the um, unfortunate case where it has been injected intravenously, which isn't supposed to happen, but the instructions on this shot were not to aspirate the needle. A proper injection should involve pulling back on the plunger in the syringe in order to see if there's blood. If there's blood, that indicates that you've landed in uh, a circulatory vessel and that you should back the needle off or plunge it farther so that you're not injecting it directly into a vein. But in the case of these shots, amazing as this sounds, the advice was don't do that because it requires the needle to be in the person's arm longer, might create extra pain, and they didn't want to create vaccine hesitancy was their excuse. So anyway, you might get a big bolus of uh, this material and it might flow right through your heart and get taken up by a bunch of cells. And just for perspective, do we have any guess as to how many of these shots were given out globally? Uh, it's definitely in the billions. Um, billions. Yeah, it's in the With billions. the mRNA technology. Yes, which is an amazing fact. I mean, the, in addition to the technology itself being remarkable, the rate at which this was scaled up is 
positively incredible. Now it had terrible downsides. I don't know if we'll have time to get to the downsides of the way they scaled up their production on these. Um, but if we can separate the marvel of what they did, yes, there's an awful lot of stuff here that's beyond wizardry. It's, it's just incredible what they, what they accomplished. Good. So I, I'm sorry to, I don't want to take you off track, but you were describing what would happen if it went to various organs that would damage them. What, could it cause cancers too? We can get back to that. We clearly are seeing an uptick in cancers and an uptick in cancers that are unusual, especially in their speed. Um, so uh, maybe, we, maybe if we have time, we can come back to the reasons that that might be occurring. There's a lot of discussion amongst the medical dissidents about why that pattern exists and what it implies. But yes, um, clearly cancers are one of the failure modes of the body and this highly novel technology clearly had that as a risk, even if we didn't know what mechanism it would happen by. Um, but yes, if you, let's say you're a soccer player and you've been injected with uh, this stuff and a bolus of it has hit your heart and caused a bunch of your cells to be destroyed by your own immune system, by uh, cytotoxic T cells and natural killer cells. Well, now you've got a wound. If you manage to survive to have it scar over, then that wound will be less of a vulnerability than it would otherwise be. But if in the period after you've been damaged, before your heart has fully scarred, you were to push yourself to some new athletic limit, now let's say you're in the middle of a particularly intense game, right? That would be exactly the time when a weakness in a, a vessel wall might cause a, a critical failure and you, you, know, you could die on the field. So this is a very plausible mechanism to explain the pattern of uh, sudden deaths that we have seen oftentimes in people who are unusually healthy and athletic. Yes. Um, so to go back to the, the original story. Pharma had a potentially uh, tremendously lucrative property that it couldn't bring to market because a safety test would have revealed this unsolvable problem at its heart. And so what I'm wondering, my hypothesis, is that it recognized that the thing that would bypass that obstacle was an emergency that caused the public to demand uh, a remedy to allow them to go back to work and to living their lives that would cause the government to streamline the safety testing process so that it wouldn't spot these things. And indeed, one of the things that we see in addition to uh, a lot more harm in those safety tests than we were initially allowed to understand, um, but also the safety testing was radically truncated so that long-term harms were impossible to detect. So the hypothesis in question is pharma used an emergency to bypass an obstacle to bring an incredibly lucrative technology um, to normalize it in the public and the regulatory apparatus, to sneak it by the things that would ordinarily prevent a dangerous technology like this one from being widely deployed. So I think that sounds entirely plausible, um, in fact, likely, in fact, very likely. But the downside for pharma, and of course for the rest of us, is that if you roll out a harmful product evading the conventional safety screens, you're going to hurt a lot of people. And then what? So just first part of the question, what do you think we're going to see in terms of a, a death toll and injury toll from 
this vaccine, so-called? Um, a lot has gone into preventing us from answering that question, and some very dedicated people have done uh, some very high-quality work, and uh, the numbers are staggering. Now, I'm hesitant to say what I think the toll might be because this is not my area of expertise, and um, I would leave it to others. I would say John Campbell would be an excellent source to look at. There's some new material out of New Zealand, which is jaw-dropping. I haven't had time to look at it in depth, so I'm a little um, concerned about putting my weight on the ice. But um, let's say well, here's here's what we here's what we know. Um, Joseph Freeman and his colleagues, including Peter Doshi, did a uh, an evaluation of Pfizer's own safety data from its safety trials. And these trials were absurdly short. In fact, Pfizer only allowed one month before it vaccinated its controls and made it impossible to detect uh, further harms. And what they found was a one in 800 rate of serious adverse event. This is not minor stuff. This is serious harm to health. One in 800 per shot. That's not per person. That's per shot. One in 800 rate, which in one month, that suggests um, a very uh, a very high mortality risk. And in fact, we saw mortality in the, in the safety trials. Um, what happens over the long term, we've certainly seen such a range of pathologies that have crippling effects on people's health that um, I, I shudder to think how many people have actually. So I'm not a math genius, but one in 800 shots times billions is, you know, a lot of people. Yep. Um, there was uh, a press, I was recently at a conference uh, in Romania on the COVID crisis. And so there was a lot of work trying to unpack what we actually understand. And I saw a credible estimate of something like 17 million deaths uh, globally from this technology. So 17 million deaths from the COVID vax? Well, when, you know, when you scale up to billions, uh, it's not hard to reach a number like that with a technology that's dangerous. Now, to your deeper question, I think, let's steel man. So just for perspective, I mean, that's like the death toll of a global war. Yes, absolutely. It is, this is a, a, a great tragedy of history. So that proportion. Um, and amazingly, there is no way in which it's over. I mean, we are still apparently recommending these things for healthy children. Never stood any chance of getting any benefit from every chance of suffering harms that are uh, not only serious, but tragic on the basis that children have long lives ahead of them. If you ruin a, a child's immune system uh, in youth, they have to spend the rest of their presumably shortened life in that state. So never made any sense that we were giving this to kids in the first place. The fact that we're still doing it when the emergency, to the extent there even was one, is clearly over. And um, when there's never been any proper justification of administering it to healthy kids, it just, you know, healthy kids don't die of COVID. Um, and the shot doesn't prevent you from catching or transmitting it. So there was, there was just literally no justification you could come up with. But I think a lot of us, um, maybe 
call us normies have a hard time imagining the um the breathtaking evil that it would take to allow such a tragedy to unfold or to uh, cause it to unfold for profit i still struggle to imagine I do too. um but think about think about it this way pharma on a normal day is composed of people who have to become even if they were doing their job exactly right they have to be comfortable with causing a certain amount of death right if you give a drug to people if the net effect is positive but it's going to kill some people who would have lived if they never got it somehow you have to sleep at night having put that drug in into the world and you know we want if we had a healthy pharma industry we would want them to produce the drugs that had a net benefit and that benefit includes some serious harms um so once you have stepped on that slippery slope though once you have become comfortable with causing deaths then i believe it becomes very easy to rationalize um that the greater good is being served by x y or z and then there's some point at which you're causing enough harm and you're you know when pharma uh, takes an old out of patent drug and um supersedes it with a new highly profitable drug they've done something that's negative we should almost always prefer the older drug unless the evidence is extremely convincing the new drug is just worlds better because an old drug we know something about its interactions with other things we know something yes. about its safety profile new is not better when it comes to molecules that you're going to be taking into your your biology <laughs> um fair but Pharma has to be in the business of getting you to take the new and having you distrust the old. And so anyway, I think, I think there's a way in which the rationalization has no limit and they've gotten to the point that they are willing to cause a huge amount of death apparently. Um, and even at the point that it's been revealed in public, uh, they don't stop, which is another amazing fact. It, you would imagine that they would have been embarrassed into stopping this vaccination program at this point. So the problem, though, I would say for for pharma and for the politicians who uh, support and promote them in the media who do the same is that um, there are people like you who are not crackpots, who are scientists and physicians, longtime researchers with fully credentialed work histories, not too many, but a sizable number who will not let go, who are completely dogged in the pursuit of more data about this. Um, so like what do they do with you and people like you well i think the astonishing thing is that a as you point out small group of dissidents upended their narrative uptake rates on the new boosters are in the low single digits so a large low single digit yes so nobody's taking it nobody's taking them now i'm troubled by the fact that at the same time we don't see uh, a massive majority acknowledging that the vaccination campaign was a mistake in the first place. They got it and they don't want to think about it. And I get it. I get it. Um, I wouldn't want to think about it either. But the problem is it's a moral obligation. I mean, we're still injecting these things into kids, for God's sake. So um, it is important to stand up and say, I was had. And I think all of us were. I, I, I believed that this vaccine was likely effective when it first came out and the thing that triggered heather and me to question it was the fact that we were also told that it was safe which couldn't possibly be true might have been harmless 
but they couldn't say safe because nobody on earth knew what the long-term impacts would be. And when you say safe, you're not, uh, if I say I drove home drunk, um, but I made it without harm. So it was safe. You know that I have said something foolish. Yes. And in this case, even if the thing had turned out to be harmless, nobody could know that it was, so it wasn't safe. And for them to assure us that it was, was a lie from the get-go. That's what caused Heather and me to start looking into it. And the deeper we dug, the crazier the story got. Not safe and ineffective, in fact, harmful and uh, shockingly ineffective at everything that you might want it to be effective at. Um, so the story is a, an odd one. The fact that that small number of dissidents was able to upend the narrative, was able to bring people's awareness to the massive levels of harm and the ineffectiveness of the shots is in some ways um, the most surprising element of this story. And I think it truly surprised um, pharma and its partners in social media, in government, in non-governmental organizations. I think they thought that they owned enough of the media that they could sell us any narrative that they wished. And I think surprising as it is, they didn't really understand that podcasts could possibly be a countervailing force of significance. If you own NBC News, it's enough. You would say, all right? You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's failing to update from the buying by the barrel uh, totally aphorism. Um, so what happened was it turned out that a number of us were willing to make mistakes and correct them in real time to talk about this in plain English with the public. Um, to do so, you know, in Joe Rogan's man cave. And the fact is people listened because of course this was on everybody's mind and what they were supposed to do to protect, you know, they'd been terrified and they, what to do to protect your family's health was a question that everybody wanted to know the answer to. So our ability to reach millions of people surprised those who thought they were just going to shove this narrative down our throats. And this gets me to the, the who. World Health Organization and its pandemic preparedness uh, plan modifications. What I believe is going on is the World Health Organization is now revising the structures that allowed the dissidents to upend the narrative, and they are looking for a rematch, I think. Um, what they want are the measures that would have allowed them to silence the podcasters, to mandate uh, various things internationally in a way that would prevent the emergence of a control group that would allow us to see harms clearly. Um, so that's the reason that I think people, as much as they want to move on from thinking about COVID, maybe stop thinking about COVID, but do start thinking about what has taken place with respect to medicine, with respect to public health, with respect to pharma, and ask yourself the question, Given what you now know, would you want to relive a pandemic like the COVID pandemic without the tools that allowed you to ultimately, in the end, see clearly that it didn't make sense to take another one of these shots or to have your kids take, right? We want those tools. In fact, we need them. And um, something is quietly moving just out of sight in order that we will not have access to them the next uh, time we face a serious emergency. So you're saying that an international health organization could just end the First Amendment in the United States? 
Yes. And in fact, um, as much as this sounds, I know that it sounds preposterous, but it does not sound preposterous. (laughs) The ability to do it is currently under discussion at the international level. And it's almost impossible to exaggerate how troubling what is being discussed is. In fact, I think it is fair to say that we are in the middle of a coup, that we are actually facing the elimination of our national and our personal sovereignty, and that that is the purpose of what is being constructed, that it has been um, written in such a way that you are, your eyes are supposed to glaze over That's right. as you attempt to sort out what is, it, uh, what is under discussion. And if you do that, then come May of this year, your nation is almost certain to sign on to an agreement that in some utterly vaguely described future circumstance, a public health emergency, which the director general of the World Health Organization has total liberty to define in any way that he sees fit. In other words, nothing prevents um, climate change from being declared a public health emergency that would trigger the provisions of these modifications. And in the case that some emergency or some uh, pretense of an emergency shows up, the provisions that would kick in are um, beyond jaw-dropping. So before you get into it, and I I just want to thank you, by the way, for taking the time to go through this proposal, because you're absolutely right. It's, It's impenetrable. It's designed to be to cloak what they're saying rather than eliminate um what's it called (laughs) well the funny thing is actually i was looking um this morning to find out what the current name is and the names have actually been shifted slightly clearly a feature oh it's a shape-shifting yeah it is so what i would do in order uh, and and I, i it's unclear to me how much that's just simply designed to confuse somebody who tries to sort it out and how much that's designed to for example um game the search engine technology that right. might allow you to track the changes because to the extent that the name has shifted um so smart i call it the um world health organization pandemic preparedness plan right and what is under discussion Uh, are some modifications to the global public health regulations and modifications to an existing treaty. But all of this makes it sound minor and procedural. What has been proposed are, uh, and again, the number of things included here is incredible. It's hard even for those of us who have been focused on this to track all of the important things under discussion and to to deduce the meaning of some of the more subtle provisions. But um, they, uh, the World Health Organization and its signatory nations will um, be allowed to define a public health emergency uh, on any basis that having declared one, they will be entitled to mandate remedies. The remedies that are named include um, vaccines, uh, gene therapy technology is literally named in, uh, the set of things that the world health organization is going to reserve the right to mandate. 
um, that it will be in a position to um, require these things of citizens, that it will be in a position to uh, dictate our ability to travel, in other words, passports that would be predicated on one having accepted uh, these technologies are um, clearly being described. It would have the ability to forbid the use of other medications. So this looks like they're preparing for a rerun where they can just simply take ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine uh, off the table. Um, they also have reserved the ability to dictate how these uh, measures are discussed, that censorship is described here as well, the right to dictate that's, that, of course, misinformation is how they're going to describe it. Well, in fact, I want to ask you to pause and play a, a soundbite from Tedros, um, in which he alludes to this, and I want to get your assessment on it. Here it is. We continue to see misinformation on social media and in mainstream media about the pandemic accord that countries are now negotiating. The claim that the accord will cede power to WHO is quite simply false. It's fake news. Countries will decide what the accord says and countries alone. And countries will implement the accord in line with their own national laws. No country will cede any sovereignty to WHO. If any politician, business person, or anyone at all is confused about what the pandemic accord is and isn't, we would be more than happy to discuss it and explain it. Now he's going to be more than happy to discuss and explain the misinformation that you're... Yeah, that is... <laughs> now spreading. That is comforting. Um, well, on the one hand, I must say, I had not seen that. And um, it is tremendously good news, actually. What it means is that once again, we have managed to raise awareness of something in time that there is uh, conceivably a better outcome still available to us. So they're spooked enough to bother to lie about there's, it. There's, you couldn't have said it uh, more accurately. Yes, those, those were clearly lies. And of course, uh, his saying that into a camera is supposed to convince you, you know, nobody could possibly lie so directly. So there must be some truth in what he's saying, which is, of course, nonsense. And Anybody who goes back through uh, Matt Orfala's compendium of various things that people have said into cameras over the course of COVID that they then swear they didn't say, you know, months later, um, knows that these folks are very comfortable at saying totally false things into a camera. It doesn't cause them to, to think twice or sweat or anything. Um, but it's great that we have managed to raise enough awareness that Tedros is actually addressing uh, our spreading of when it actually is, is malinformation. Um, you're aware of this, uh, this extension? No. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. So I was, I was, I'm so old that I was still stuck in the truth or falsehood binary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where, where, what mattered was whether it was true or not. No, no, no the uh, malinformation is actually exactly what you need to know about to see, um, how antiquated that notion is because, um, this was actually the department of Homeland security actually issued a memo um, in which it defined three kinds of, I kid you not, terrorism, misdis and malinformation. Misinformation are errors. Uh, disinformation are intentional errors, lies. And malinformation are things that are based in truth but cause you to distrust authority. <laughs> <laughs> 
So malinformation is what you commit when you catch them lying. Yes, um, exactly. Um, yeah, it is, it is discussing the lies of your, your government uh, is malinformation and therefore a kind of terrorism, which I should point out, as funny as that is, and as obviously Orwellian as that is, it's also terrifying because if you have tracked the history of the spreading tyranny from the beginning of the war on terror, you know that terrorism is not a normal English word the way it once was. Terrorism is now a legal designation that causes all of your rights to evaporate. So at the point that the Department of Homeland Security says that you are guilty of a kind of terrorism for saying true things that cause you to distrust your government, they are also telling you something about what rights they have to silence you. They are not normal rights. So um, these things are all uh, terrifying. And I do think as much as... My jaw's open. <laughs> the, the COVID pandemic, caused us to become aware of a lot of structures that had been built around us. Something that um, former NSA officer William Binney once described as the turnkey totalitarian state. The totalitarian state is erected around you, but it's not activated. And then once it's built, the key gets turned. And so we are now seeing, I believe, something that even outstrips William Binney's description because it's the turnkey totalitarian planet. Right? The World Health Organization is above the level of nations, and it is going to be in a position, if uh, these provisions pass, to dictate to nations how they are to treat their own citizens, to override their constitutions, despite what Tedros just told you. Um, so that is um, frightening. It's not inherently about health. What I think has happened is the fact of a possible pandemic causes a loophole in the mine. It's not a loophole in our governance documents. Our constitution doesn't describe you know, exemptions from your rights during time of a pandemic emergency. Your rights simply are what they are, and they're not supposed to go anywhere um, just because there's a disease spreading. Um, but nonetheless, um, people's willingness to accept the erosion of their rights because of a public health emergency um, has allowed this tyranny to to use it as a Trojan horse. Yes. And I think that's also, um, it's something people need to become aware of, that uh, there are a number of features of our environment that are um, basically, they are blind spots that we can't see past. Vaccine was one. And I know I was an, an enthusiast about vaccines. I still believe deeply in the elegance of vaccines as they should exist. But I'm now very alarmed at how they are produced. And I'm even more alarmed at what has been called a vaccine that doesn't meet the definition, right? That because many of us believe that vaccines uh, were an extremely elegant, low harm, high uh, efficacy method of preventing disease, when they called this mRNA te technology a vaccine, many of us um, gave it more credibility than we should have. If they had called it uh, a, a gene transfection technology, we would have thought, wait, what? You know, that, that's, that sounds highly novel and it sounds dangerous and how much do we know about the long-term implications? But because they called it a vaccine, people were much readily, much more willing to, to accept it. Public health functions the same way. Um, if you think about it, public health, step back a second. 
your relationship with your doctor, your personal health uh, ought to be very important to you. But there are ways in which things that happen at a population level affect your personal health and your doctor's not in a position to do anything about it. Right. So somebody dumping pollution into a stream from which you're pulling fish, you know, you might detect the harm at the population level. You might need a regulation at a population level in order to protect you. Your doctor's not in a position right. to give you a pill That's to right. correct it. So the idea that public health is potentially a place to improve all of our well-being is real. But once you decide that there's something above doctors relative to your health, then that can be an excuse for all manner of tyranny. Public health has been um, adopted. It's like, uh, it's like the sheep's clothing that has allowed the wolf to go after our rights because in theory, it's trying to protect us from harms that we would like to be protected. And it generates such fear. It's at such a huge scale that it, it weakens people's moral immune systems. Absolutely. They will accept things they would never accept otherwise. Absolutely. And uh, as you know, and as, as I know, when we raised questions about what was being, uh, being delivered to us under the guise of public health, we were demonized as if we had a moral defect. It wasn't even a cognitive defect where we were failing to understand the wisdom of these vaccines. It was a moral defect where we were failing to protect others who were vulnerable by questioning these things. Um, so, uh, the idea that health is at stake in some vague, larger sense that requires us to, to override the natural relationship between doctors and patients is itself a coup against medicine by something else. And we need to become aware of that. So can I, just, to, just to check kind of like the souls of the people who are running all of this, the public health establishment, international public health establishment, now that. You know, some researchers believe up to 17 million people could have been killed by these mRNA shots. Has any international public health official said, well, hold on a second, we need to get to the bottom of that? Has that provoked any response from the people in charge of our public health? Well, I'm trying to think globally whether they're good examples. There's certainly some folks who have stood up in the European Parliament. Um, but I mean, in World Health Organization, CDC... No, I don't think so. I don't think we, ha we have not seen an acknowledgement of the harm and error. Um, they don't have internet access? They don't know? Like, what is that? Well, that's the incredible thing is I still see claims um, that just simply, if they initially had believed them, then they are long ago falsified, but they're still being advanced for whoever hasn't noticed, you know, the idea that it's a good idea to vaccinate your kids with mRNA shots being one of them. Right. To the extent that there was a panic that caused us to give these uh, shots to people who couldn't possibly benefit from them, you would expect us to have backed that off extremely rapidly as it became impossible uh, to defend those shots. And yet, because there's still presumably some market for it, um, we, are, we are still doing it. So we are living some crazy story in which things that are perfectly obvious are um, still somehow have not lodged themselves in the official public record. And, you know, I think that has a lot to do with, frankly, the death of journalism. Yes. A lot of us are doing jobs that we didn't train for. Heather and I are doing some journalistic job that we certainly didn't train for. We trained to think about biology and, you know, we do that in front of a camera. And so that functions as a kind of stand in for journalism. But the handful of journalists who still exist um, 
I think without exception, are not scientifically trained, right? You know, Matt Taibbi, Glenn Greenwald, you, you don't have very many people doing investigative journalism and the ones who, uh, who are doing it, they don't have the skill set that would make this a natural topic to investigate. So we have to boot up some kind of new institution that will allow us to do this job well. And presumably that will involve taking the few investigative journalists uh, who remember how to do that job and the few scientists and doctors who are willing to still do their job and, you know, put us together, right? Podcast isn't the right place to do it. If that's all we got, that's all we got. But um, there's got to be a better, a better method. So if this is ratified or signed on to by the United States in May, six months from now, um, it sounds like that's it. We don't know. Um, I will say I have very little hope that the U.S. will derail this. I have the sense that whatever has captured our government um, is driving this as well. And so in, in effect, uh, the U.S. wants this change. It will, in fact, you know, in the same way that the five eyes nations agree to mutually violate the rights of each other's citizens because that was not prevented in any of our constitutions, I think the U.S. wants something to force it to violate our constitutional protections, and the World Health Organization is going to be that entity. That said, uh, I have recently been to the Czech Republic, and I've been to Romania, and I've uh, heard from other parts of the former Eastern Bloc that there is resistance, that people who have faced tyranny in living memory um, are much less ready to accept these changes and that they are actually beginning to, to mount a response. I worry that it will be too thin and easily defeated, especially if they do not understand that actually the world is depending on them, that the traditionally, the countries we traditionally think of as part of the West are compromised and that these countries which have more recently joined or rejoined the West are the best hope we've got, that they are in a position to derail um, this set of provisions and that we are depending on them to do it. So I, I just want to end for a few moments on your on the overview here. So you have all these remarkable things converging in a single 12-month period. You have war, pestilence, political unrest, <clears throat> apparently unsolvable political unrest. What do you think we're looking at in the West? Like, what is this moment and how does it end? Well, um, so I have long been interested in questions of good governance and the West. And um, I'm sad to report that I think the West has actually collapsed. And what we are left with is now um, a nebulous echo. The values of the West still function, but they function um, in a vague way. And we have seen that they can evaporate quickly under the right circumstances. Um, I suspect, and I really don't know, I don't think anybody knows. Um, but I suspect that some powerful set of forces has 
decided that um, consent of the governed is too dangerous to tolerate and that it has begun to unhook it. And we do not know how this works. We can see some of the partners who are involved in this, but I don't think we know ultimately who's driving it or where they're going. I think many of the notions that we picked up about uh, nations and who our friends are and who our enemies are, are uh, they are now more misleading than they are informative. In other words, uh, I don't think the U.S. has an enemy called China. I think there are elements within the U.S. that are partnered within, uh, with elements within the Chinese Communist Party for practical reasons. And so our, you know, the, the notion that these uh, two parties are competing with each other just distracts us from what's actually taking place. But let's just put it this way. We have a large global population. Most people have no useful role through no fault of their own. They have not been given a, uh, an opportunity in life to find a useful way to contribute. And I wonder if the rent-seeking elites that have hoarded so much power uh, are not unhooking our rights because effectively they're afraid of some global French Revolution moment as people realize that they've been betrayed and uh, left without good options. Is that what we're seeing? Certainly feels like we're facing um, an end game where important uh, properties that would once have been preserved by all parties because they might need them one day are now being dispensed with and we're being, um, you know, we're watching our governmental structures and every one of our institutions captured, hollowed out, turned into a, a paradoxical inversion of what it was designed to do. That's not an accident. Whether they, you know, the, the thing that worries me most actually is that whatever is driving this is not composed of diabolical geniuses who at least have some plan for the future, but it's being driven by people who actually do not know what kind of hell they are inviting. Yes. They're going to create a kind of chaos from which uh, humanity may well not emerge. And I get the sense that um, unless they have some remarkable plan that is not obvious, that they are just simply drunk with power and putting everyone, including themselves, in tremendous jeopardy by taking apart the structures on which we depend. How do you see, my last question, how do you see your, I mean, you're, you're, you're speaking in, in grand terms that three years ago I, I might have laughed at. I'm not laughing at all, and I think you're absolutely right. Um, but you're also choosing as, you know, a 50-ish man, your old man, to say this stuff out loud and to pursue the truth as you find it and then to talk about it. Like, so how do you, why did you decide to do that? And how do you think that ends? Well, you know, we are all the products of whatever developmental environment produced us. And as I've said on multiple topics where 
my family has found itself in very uncomfortable and sometimes dangerous circumstances um, because we speak out, I don't think I had a choice. I just, I, I literally cannot understand how I would sleep at night, how I would look at myself in the mirror if I didn't say what needed to be said. And, you know, I, um, I heard a, a very good speech by Bobby Kennedy Jr. He, though neither of us are libertarians, he was at the uh, Liberty Conference in, in Memphis. And the last thing he said in that speech um, struck me to my core. It's something I've thought often and said almost never. But there are fates far worse than death. And I think for my part, I have, I have lived an incredible life. I have, I, there's plenty I still want to do, and I am not eager to leave this planet any earlier than I have to. I have a marvelous family. I live in a wonderful place, and I've got lots of things. Bucket list, but I got lots of things on my bucket list. However, humanity is depending on everybody who has a position from which to see what is taking place, to grapple with what it might mean, to describe it so that the public understands where their interests are. It is depending on us to do what needs to be done. If we're to have a chance of delivering a planet to our children and our grandchildren that is worthy of them, if we're going to deliver a system that allows them to live meaningful, healthy lives, we have to speak up. And I don't know, I don't know how to get people to do that. I, I'm very hesitant to urge others to put themselves or their families in danger. And I know that everybody's circumstances are different. Some people are struggling just simply to feed a family and keep a roof over their heads. Those people obviously have a great deal less liberty uh, with respect to, to standing up and saying what needs to be said. But this is really, it's what we call in game theory, a collective action problem. If everybody responds to their personal well-being, if everybody says that's too dangerous to stand up, um, you know, I'm not suicidal, I'm, I, I can't do it, then not enough people stand up to change the course of history. Whereas if people somehow put aside the obvious danger their ability to earn and maybe to their lives of saying what needs to be said, then we greatly outnumber those we are pitted against. They are ferociously powerful, but I would also point out this interesting error. So I call the force that we're up against Goliath, just so I kind of remember what the battle is. Goliath made a terrible mistake and it made it most egregiously during COVID, which is it took all of the competent people, took all of the courageous people, and it shoved them out of the institutions where they were hanging on. And it created, in so doing, the dream team created every player you could possibly want on your team to fight some historic battle against a terrible evil. All of those people are now at least somewhat awake. 
they've now been picked on by the same enemy. And yeah, all right, we're outgunned. It has a tremendous amount of power, but, but we've got all of the people who know how to think. So I hate to say it, or maybe I like to say it, but I don't think it's a slam dunk, but I like our odds. I've never met a more fluent biologist. I have to say, <laughs> Brett Weinstein, amazing conversation. Bless you. Thank you for that. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks. Free speech is bigger than any one person or any one organization. Societies are. So, that was a lot. There was a lot there. A lot of that was exactly what I've been saying. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of that is stuff that I've told you guys. Seventeen million dead globally we know um potentially over a billion injured well i wanted to uh bring that up just a little bit so after i don't know if anybody's noticed this uh but me being on the pharmacy side for as long as i was um there has been since the covid virus which like i told you earlier i think was 100 percent uh, created with that same technology mm -hmm. in order to uh, penetrate and cause harm in multiple organs. However, have you seen recognized the increase in RSV cases? So now they had to deploy an RSV vaccine so Which they could also mm -hmm. embed that into. Yep. But I'm just saying, I think the RSV yep. increase, I think that that's what it is. Every yep. new vaccine that they're putting out, I'm not just talking about the COVID vaccine, I'm talking about now they're putting out this RSV vaccine. So the first vaccine depleted your immune system to some point where now you're getting RSV. More mm -hmm. kids are getting RSV. Old people are getting RSV. So what are they doing? They're marketing this vaccine to those people. And then the RSV vaccine, I guarantee you, has the same technology in it. And then it'll be the next thing that is triggered. And they're just wiping out the population one vaccine at a time. Problem, reaction, solution. Mm -hmm. Over and over again, create the problem, anticipate the reaction, sell the solution. It's just, and the ultimate why, solution this is, is why, this is why I don't depopulation. This is why I don't pharmacy anymore. I know, I know. Um, and we did have James Rogowski on the Patriot Party podcast last week, mm -hmm. um, talking about the who, and now they, there are two different avenues for the who domination. We, we call it pinky in the brain because they're always trying to take over the world and Failed so far, but, uh, so understand that the, the proposed amendments, um, is written by the United States. Okay. So if you think that our government is trying to protect you, you're sadly mistaken. I think they're just trying to turn us into real life versions of the Slaves. humans in Wally. Well, and then, we are 100% dependent on processed foods and mm -hmm. we have no opinions or says or wants or needs. We just go along with the fucking program and then we just turn into fat pieces of shit. Listen, food what wars, food wars and water wars are coming next. And I don't mean people fighting each other. Well, eventually we'll get eventually there very we'll soon. Eventually we'll get there soon. Yeah. Um, but uh, food wars and water wars, like the government is going to try and re restrict your food supply and just continue to poison you with more and more chemicals. Mm -hmm. Grow your own food. Grow your own food. I was watching these uh, little YouTube specials over the week, you know, yeah, over the week or whatever um, that Taylor likes to bring up. And I was 
really disappointed in the number of states that do not allow you to reclaim rainwater. A lot of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was really, really yeah. disappointed. It's ridiculous. That's another project that I have. I've got to set up the rainwater battle- barrels mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. I want to do it on the, the edges of the front of the house yeah. where they pour mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's a lot of states that don't let you get rainwater. Mm-hmm. And if you do, if you it's do water. collect water, rainwater, make sure you distill it. Oh yeah, it definitely has to be clean. Yeah, but that's yes because the water falling the out of the point. sky uh, it's like is not that good treated. for you either. Exactly, it's, it's all chemically, chemically treated. I mean, even okay, I say that, and that's not mm. unplausible. However, I'm just saying with the amount of toxins and pollutions that are already in our air, yeah, it's polluted regardless. Yeah, so it needs to be cleaned yeah, and absolutely. filtered. And sunflowers are actually great for that. So plant sunflowers in your garden and it, it pulls the toxins and um, mm-hmm. then they don't go to your fruits and vegetables. Nice. So yes, sunflowers. Uh, but grow your own food, people. Seriously. And you, still, if you need seeds, survival-essentials.com. You still save 40% right now on seeds. So survival-essentials.com, promo code DEFIANT. Save 40% on seeds. Then of course, electrofreedom.com. Save 20% on electroculture with with promo code Wolfpack. And uh, and then Plant Surge, magnetize your water and save 10% on that at freedomplantsurge.com. So I'll put this banner up real quick. Well, you want to get high? Before oh, we get out of here? Yes. Yeah, why not? Why not? So it is just past 420. So, you know, we kind of should like... Well, we did it early. Yeah, but that's okay. Anticipation of missing the 420, but agreed that we would we do it again. Just after. barely said. And, you know, anyway, while that was playing, while that was going on, I zested like 20 freaking lemons and my finger um, a couple times. Sometimes. But uh, so, and we have one jar of lemon zest now sitting in the refrigerator and two jars filled with coconut oil to make lemon essential oil. So that's good stuff. Yep, yep. We'd be in uh, multitasking. And I did it in here. So now it smells really good in here. It really does. Yeah. That good lemon smell. Come on. What is wrong with you? Oh, for fuck's sake. I'm retarded. Mm. A little bit. Five times over. Again. Slopsky, you can start seeds inside right now. (coughs) But actually...
Slavsky, what zone are you in in Kansas? Oh, well, there's that. No, there's, I'm going to, I'm going to show them something online here. And this is something I would recommend that you guys go to and download and print for your zone for each month. Do you know what, what zone you are in Kansas, Slavsky? Like, we're zone 8B. So. All right, we'll look it up. So there is a great little website called, uh, it's at plantwhatwhen.com. Okay. Plantwhatwhen.com. So if you go there and of course we want to go to USA. All right. Um, you can go to scroll the map and just descriptions. So uh, Kansas, that's up here, 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 here. Ohio. Fuck a final. Not too far away from Ohio. I'm really bad at geography, by the way. So. Oh, okay. Um, well, I mean, we're navigationally. Obviously. Very, very. Very much so. And I've driven through Kansas too. Doesn't I've matter. I've driven through lots of places. Yeah. Doesn't mean I fucking know where it is. I mean, actually, I'm not actually terrible at. Uh, well, here we go, Kansas City, Kansas. Well, can't you search it? Good. Oh, Zone Six A. Okay. Okay. So Kansas is six. Zone Six A. Planting list for January. Right now, you can plant uh, Belgian endive. Blow this out. Uh, celeriac, celery, chicory radishes and Whitloof. I don't know what that is. Um, now it's really cold, but, uh, vegetables that do well in zone six include bush beans, butter, lettuce, tomatoes, longer season melons and winter squash, coriander, dill, borage, and oregano, which are actually all of my favorites right there. So yeah. So six A, but you can always grow inside. Mm -hmm. Right, Connecticut was six A, and I, you know, we grew up there all the time. So, but that's where I got this. Um, that's where I figured out what to plant my list that I made the whiteboard with. 
like I said, we're so I think in, we should divide up those things that you want to plant and do that. Yeah. Like with the so like this. Months, so, so we, we went to January, months. right? This mm -hmm. is what we're planting in January. Or what? I mean, not everything. Right. And then February, you know, Mick just asked me the other day, can we plant artichokes? Sure. So we'll plant artichokes in February and uh, beets, more beets. Um, we'll already have broccoli, but the Brussels sprouts will start too. Probably some more cabbage, cantaloupe, carrots, um, chives, cilantro, collards, um, cucumbers, eggplants. I'm saying I want to grow all of that stuff. All of this, yeah. Garlic, garlic. Well, we're of already course. planting garlic, but we can plant more too. Um, honeydew melons, kale, kohlrabi, lemon balm, lettuce. You know, all of this stuff can get planted in eight B where we are uh, in February. So, again, peas, potatoes, radishes, rhubarb, rock melon, savory winter, spinach, sweet peppers, thyme, tomatoes, turnips. Uh, yams. So sweet potatoes, basically starting in February and then zucchini. So, um, most of that you plant outside even then some things you're going to want to start inside, but, uh, yeah, it's pretty easy. So Stuff to plant all year round than March. Again, basil, bringing in the basil in March, black-eyed peas, borage, um, kale, uh, cantaloupes, more carrots, cauliflower, because you can succession plant too, because you're, you know, when you plant, um, then you, you know, you you don't you, want to harvest can, everything all at once. So you yeah, want to plant you can like plant them multiple yeah, one after another. In the row. Exactly. If you, if they're on the list. You plant you have them the space multiple for months it. in a row. In mm -hmm. a row, then you ha can harvest this when it's ready. Yeah. Four weeks later, this will be ready. This way, you have something. Yes, but every it's month. the website is plantwhatwhen.com. Plantwhatwhen.com, and of course, you know, or a lot of you guys, you start the seedlings now, but it's telling you what seedlings to start now. So, um. You know, this is, this is March. This is great. More and more and more. So gourds, honeydews, um, kale, leeks. I want to do leeks this year. Mm -hmm. That's when we start the loofahs. Um, I planted that really late. Put the okra in in March from seed. Pumpkins, you start in March. That's good to know because they take all year. Um, that's what I want to do in the back by the mushroom garden is the pumpkins back there too. Good. So, um, so yeah, so these, these are the things that, that we're looking for, uh, plant what, when turmeric in March down here. So you can also do watermelon maybe we'll have and maybe watermelon too. Yep. Same thing. Watermelon plant in March. So yeah, plant what, when.com. Let's get organized and get things planted like when they're supposed to be planted so that we can harvest the, when we need them. Yeah. At the best possible, you know, fruiting time. So, and get a lot of fruit and learn to can because that'll be coming That's up next. next. That's next. So, but we have to start doing our videos. Yes. Of what it is that we're doing. Yes. We had a plan when we started. We did. But life happens. It does. It does. So, we just need to so. get back on track. I think organizations and then planning out our 
Yeah. Days that we come over. Exactly. Whatever. So. Yes. I need mm-hmm. to plan out my days so that I have a project that I complete every day mm-hmm. and uh, get everything planted so that we can in turn get everything harvested mm-hmm. and done. So good idea. And make insulin antennas at the same time. Yep. So and knit some shit. Mm-hmm. So uh and one of the things I need to do is update the website. So um yeah, electrofreedom.com. I need to put the, the link for plant surge on there. And I also am going to put my pepper spice on there. Oh yeah. So DJ loves that stuff. Yeah. Um, so my uh my three pepper spice, as soon as those habaneros are ripened, um, my three pepper spice will be going on there. It is very, very, very spicy. It's definitely got a kick. It, you you need to use it spare. Well, this, this one will have more ghost pepper in it, so it'll be yeah, sp- yeah DJ spicier. But yes, DJ loves it. So my everything. my three pepper spice will be going up on there. So um, keep an eye out for that at electrofreedom.com. So save twenty percent with promo code Wolfpack. Yes. Right, so that's I'll be it back for us. In two weeks. Yep. 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 You got it. Yep, yep. Um, Mick and I will be back tomorrow. At 2 p.m. for True Spiracy, doing a January 6th special. So even though today's January 6th, that's okay. We're doing it for True Spiracy tomorrow. We are going to um, play you guys an interview that you may not have heard before from somebody that was in the hallway when Ashley Babbitt got shot. And I think we're the only ones that ever talked to him. So we are going to be playing that. Um, That should be interesting for True Spiracy Mm -hmm. and watching a, a... documentary that just came out about January 6th as well. So, um, happy Patriots day, everybody. Bye guys. That's what they're calling today. Patriots day. Happy Patriots. It's Patriots day. day. It is now. Because the Patriots are the new terrorists. Exactly. Right? Okay. Yes. I just wanted to make sure that I was fully vetted into my category categories. Yes. So, yes. Yes. I want to make sure so, that I was right. Yeah. I'm just in the you're fucked category. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We are, we're in the your category. We're right there. So, all right. Um, oh, I got to put the scratch out over here. One, one second on the pilled side. Give me one moment, though. Uh, come on. Do me this one. There we go. Here it is. All right. Scratch is out over on the pilled. What's go get that? your gold pills on pilled.net. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're on pill.net, the streamer will put, they call the scratch out and you can do the scratch off here. Mm-hmm. I'll show you scratch off. Oh, nice. Oh, it is too released. I released it. There it is. Okay. See, there it is. Scra- okay. Whatever. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And then you get gold, gold pills. So and what do we do with those gold pills? Um, then you can use them for I'm just curious. To give to other screamers, other, you know, give to streamers. Um, oh, okay. so like you gift them or whatever. And then or you can cash them out eventually. Nice. You know, so yeah. so yeah. Why not? There we go. Anyway, so scratch out. So that's it for us, guys. Mick and I'll be back tomorrow, 2 p.m. for True Spiracy. I'm not doing a good book tomorrow morning. I am going to sleep in one day and just kind of chill and relax. So, um, although I do love it, probably next week I'll pick it up on Sunday, but it is what it is. All right. So uh, that's it for us. No, it is. Anything else for you? Uh, 
You'll be back in two weeks. I'm back in two weeks. You got it. All right. All right. I have more updates then. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. All right. Thanks for watching y'all and uh, peace out. Go get to planting plant year round. Bye y'all. Bye. I don't wanna act too high and mighty cause tomorrow I may fall down on my face. Lord, thank you for sunshine, thank you for rain, thank you for joy, thank you for pain. It's a beautiful day, it's a beautiful day. Lord, thank you for sunshine, thank you for rain.
You.